Hello, everybody, and welcome to a big new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, a place about games, friends, getting better. I'm Ben Hansen. I'm excited to be here today. I'm joined by Leo Vader. What's up? Hey, lots up. We're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. Lots up. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's how I quickly respond when people ask me, what's up? I go, lots up. <laughs> you just got to say it fast enough and no one questions it. Uh, Kyle, you feel like a celebrity today. Truly, maybe for reasons to, to the point of do. being nervous, frankly, I'm nervous for you and maybe yeah. for other reasons. But like genuinely, you know, I don't want to call you out, but you're like, hey, I need an extra five minutes uh, to get ready for the podcast. And I had a moment of like, whatever you want, man. Hey, Kyle, you can. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You you have so much knowledge in your head right now that we can get into. But before we get into all that Zelda talk, we're also joined by one Jenna Stieber. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back to the Midmax show. Happy to be back. Uh, if you, Happy to be anywhere. That's right. Uh, if you don't remember Jenna, she was on the podcast a little while ago. Obviously, before that, she was the senior video producer at Polygon for many years. Um, Jenna, I had um, uh, Brian Vore, who records a bunch of stuff with us at MinMax. He used to work with him at Game Informer. He texted me the other day, and he's like, hey, uh, there's a new like Blu-ray for Wicker Man out. Yes. And I, I can't remember who it was. I remember somebody on the next show was really into it. Can you forward this to them? I'm like, oh, that was Jenna Stieber. And he's like, I'll be sure to, I'll tweet at her. I'll tweet at her. She has to know about this Wicker Man Blu-ray. <laughs> and then you went to my Twitter and I was already tweeting about it. Yeah, you had a tweet thread uh, breaking down every frame. Why is this new Blu-ray of Wicker Man so exciting? I mean, well, it's it's a big, well, first of all, it's a 50th year anniversary of The Wicker Man, which is kind of mind-blowing, kind of upsetting. <laughs> like the original, not the cage <laughs> yeah, one. Don't yeah, be absolutely foolish. not. Don't we don't foolish. talk about that one. Okay. Uh, the original Except for the, the bees meme. That's like, that's where it's... That's really good. I also do there. like the, the video stream of him punching women <laughs> from that movie. Okay. Uh, it's everything you need to know about that movie. Perfect. Um, no, the original The Wicker Man is 50 years old uh, soon. And uh, this is the first, I think, there is there have been Blu-ray releases, but this is the first 4K release. So they've they've do, do, done up the footage real nice, which mm. is kind of a relief. Some of the footage, some of the new footage that they dug up a couple years ago doesn't blend well visually with the rest of the movie because it was like sitting in a pot of water or something for years and years. <laughs> the but, standard uh, film stock storage system. Well, you know, to keep dumb. it from burning up. Yeah. You can store it just right underwater. I don't know how they were storing it. It was bad, though. So that's all really exciting. And they're doing a bunch of special features and interviews and stuff. So I'm pretty hype about all that. That's right. So if you're a fan of Wicker Man, hey, shout out in the comments. We want to see everybody come out today to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Uh, okay, this episode of the podcast Guess. This is a biggie. We are talking about The Legend of Zelda Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom. And not one of those, Leo, if I may, one of those boring podcasts but in the past where it's like, uh, if you zoom in on this shot in the trailer, is it Ganon? This is the good stuff. This is the full meal, baby. Uh, but that's not all because then we are also talking about psh, Apple Arcade. We're also talking about Jected Rivals, the only true yeah. rival to Tears of the Kingdom, uh, and then some other odds and ends, and also some fun news and maybe an explanation for why Jenna's here, other than she's wonderful. Uh, that'll be coming up after the Tears of the Kingdom stuff, so we can dive into all that fun, mysterious nonsense. Uh, but setting the scene, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, Kyle, you have seen credits roll on Tears of the Kingdom? 
spoilers. <laughs> okay, okay. We should mention we're gonna be very light on spoilers. Something roll. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the game, but Kyle and I, and I think everyone else is on the same page of like we want to preserve as much of the mystery as possible for you. So that's where we're going into this with. But Kyle, uh, yeah, wh- where are you at with Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, I I have beaten Tears of the Kingdom. Wow. I, I finished it. I uh, I think my clock on the Switch says seventy five hours. Okay. Um, and I've, I think if I were to sort of roughly estimate based on what I know of the game, I think I've seen like 60 to 70% of the game maybe. Okay. Interesting. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, I got the game on a Wednesday afternoon. I kind of, I went through this on the game Informer show as well. Apologies, but I went Wednesday afternoon and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So Monday, I got it on Wednesday afternoon and Monday night at like 4am. I had, I had beaten the story. Uh, okay. We should, we should mention you technically are reviewing it for Game Informer, so check out your review at Game Informer. Why technically? Yeah, I am. Rev- I reviewed it for Game Informer. <laughs> because it's a confusing com. thing, please, I think, for people. Please check out the review on GameInformer.com. There's a great video review as well. That's right. Um, yeah. And you can buy singles. Technically, they issues. should check it out. Technically. <laughs> technically, yeah. Uh, but I, I know nothing. Even in our Monday meeting, I'm like, Kyle, I don't want to know a damn thing about what you think about this game. Uh, we are all in the complete dark. So, Kyle, in those immortal words... How is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? Ben, it's f***ing fantastic. Yeah! It's so goddamn good. We did it! We did it, everybody! <laughs> okay, all right. That's no, it. I loved it. I, I, I continue to love it. I uh, continue to just play it obsessively. Yeah. Obsessively. Okay, because I remember yeah. I went back not too long ago and looked at like a review discussion back on the Game Informer show for Breath of the Wild, a game that you gave a 10 but yeah. I remember being like, Kyle should have been screaming more about this. Um, do you have that same feeling? Is it comparable to Breath of the Wild? Where are you at overall? Yeah, I mean, so the thing, I actually, I did actually, I, you've said that to me well, a, a few times over the years, <laughs> and I went back and watched that video too, yeah. and I think I, I agree with you is that I was like underselling it because I was right. I was so nervous about like, I didn't know how anyone was going to react to that game other than knowing my own opinion, which is like, I, this is like one of the best things I've ever played in my life. And I was just like, it was almost like nervous to put that foot forward. So tears of the kingdom like is so great, uh, but, but it is an iteration on breath of the wild, right? Like they, they changed a ton. Like there's it, like the way you interact with Hyrule, like feels a lot different um, in a lot of ways. But I, I will say it doesn't, which I kind of suspected going into it, it doesn't have that same, like, this is going to change everything kind of impact that Breath of the Wild had when you sort of made, you know, you were like, I don't know, 10 or 20 hours into Breath of the Wild. You're like, this is incredible, and this is going right. to make waves in the industry. Tears of the Kingdom, I had, like, different, like, really just effusive and wonderful emotions while I was playing, but it doesn't feel like the 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 bomb that's going to leave behind this like crater of you know ingenuity in the game industry does that does that make sense like it it does you're still exploring hyrule and it's like well i I, and hyrule is like changed dramatically it's not that you're like it doesn't really feel like a retread at all um but it is a familiar location so you it, it doesn't quite hit you the same way as breath of the wild did but it's it's so great and it really has you approach this world you know in a in a completely new way with new tools and then there's like all these other levels to it as well like we know about the sky and how you interact with that changes even with how you interact with things on the ground and sort of the caves uh change things a lot as well yeah and how you move around and stuff like that is different too yeah that was an interesting thing they kind of have um you know the 
a WADA ask, but technically they're not calling it a WADA ask. They've been rolling that out over the last couple of days of like finally some interviews with these developers, which is nice. They're pretty breezy and light. Believe it or not, Nintendo isn't bringing the hard hitting questions to other <laughs> Nintendo employees. But like it, there is interesting bits in there and specifically them really focusing on like, oh, the, the caves are a much bigger deal maybe than we think. And then also confirming in there that, yes, there are dungeons, everybody uh, in this yes. game. But OK, that's I guess my big question for you is like, do you feel like we understand what this game is? Um, from the actually, outside to, to to a certain degree maybe and the big thing is ultra hand like if if breath of, if going into breath if breath of the wild sort of like lasting impact was like wow what a what an interesting and new way to do open world exploration this is going to change things like i think ultra hand is going to be tears of the kingdoms legacy and i was really sort of scared of ultra hand like going into it i was it was like is this too versatile like am i going to be frustrated by how many options i have this is for building by the way building the vehicles and all that stuff yeah it's and i mean it's really just simplified it's like sticking things together is what it comes down to and like how you use that to solve puzzles is done in such a way where like you don't have to go too die you don't have to dive too incredibly deep into it where like you can solve it really like opens up like how you can solve puzzles in really interesting ways without having you spend too much time on any one like project. Anything you build doesn't take too long. And then it's just super satisfying to be like, Oh, I built this thing and that helped me solve this puzzle. I can't believe that worked. But then if you want to dive deeper, like you can go crazy with it and you can build crazy contraptions. Like there's been a couple instances of me trying to get from point A to point B in the game yeah. with like a, a vehicle that I created where I did sit down. And I was like, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm going to make it cool. I'm going to make it go really far and really fast. And that is just, it's so much fun to like put something together and see it work. And one of the th- like things about it is like, they're not, there's not really templates, but like the game kind of knows what you're trying to make most of the time right so like if you put four wheels on a platform it like you don't have to connect like your steering wheel to those wheels it it just works like that's all it takes four wheels and a steering wheel on a platform and you have a vehicle that can drive and then like that and that extends to like like everything right like any kind of like item or vehicle you're making the game is like we kind of have like a decent idea of what you're going for here. So we're going to make it really easy for you, but you still get the joy of connecting things and putting it together. And then also you have the thing of it, the thing that Nintendo was trying to hide before in the previews, like you can save these and like automatically recall them. Um, I not really like, I don't okay. know how much we want to go into that, but here's here what, what I will say about that tool. Yeah is like all things in Tears of the Kingdom and by extension Breath of the Wild, like you can kind of take things in any order and maybe that means you don't get that item until half after you've almost played most of the game. Okay. Which is kind of what happened to me. I actually played the majority of the game without it. And when I, once I got it, it didn't really change how I was building too much. It kind of just streamlines things a little bit. Right, right. That That's nice because I know, you know, last time we talked about it on the podcast, you were like, I don't want to build anything. I don't want to use my big dumb brain. Honestly, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the takeaway is don't be scared. Yeah, absolutely don't be scared, and you will feel like a genius. Like, this this more so than Breath of the Wild, I think, made me feel super smart when I figured out how to attach a fan to a hook to glide along a rail, and it's just like... Ooh. It's just... Yeah, and it, it happens all the time. Like, just walking around, you'll find so many instances of, like, oh, I should build something here. Because they've taken away runes from the first game, so, like, a a great example that, like, they showed in um, 
the Anuma like detailing how it works. It's yeah. like, oh, you need to cross this river. In Breath of the Wild, you would have been like, well, I'll just use my ice cubes, right? And maybe there's a couple other things you might have tried, but you you found these tools that you leaned on. But here, it's like, well, I don't have ice cubes anymore, so I need to figure out some other way to do this. And maybe that involves Ultra Hand. Maybe that involves any number of other things I can do. Right. And that extends for the whole game where it's like, this is familiar. I've dealt with this before, but now I have to figure out how to approach it from a new way. And that's fun. Like figuring out the new ways to do it is satisfying in a different way. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in that. Like, you know, the comparison of everybody bringing up like, oh, it's the same land as Breath of the Wild. And, you know, everybody on YouTube, oh, it looks like DLC, looks like DLC, all that, all that <laughs> nonsense. It's interesting, like in that Awada ass style thing that's on Nintendo's site, um, the tech director was talking about kind of the mentality of like remixing a world like they're doing here instead of starting fresh for the, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. And he said that he kept thinking of when he worked on Wii Sports Resort how Miyamoto came to him and they were talking about Wii Sports Resort. And it's like, no, it's the same, same location, obviously Woohoo Island, but we're remixing everything on top of that. So yeah. like, that's such a weird idea. I never would have thought of Wii Sports Resort as the tech director's comparison for how they're approaching Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I, I think it really does benefit quite a bit from being the Hyrule I know. And the, I have no insight into this. I, it, maybe it's not, but like there are some instances, especially with Ascend, the yeah. item that lets you travel through any roof where uh, the way they sort of change the world and remix things. I'm like, I think this might have been harder than if they just started from scratch. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like to, to, to change the things that they have and the way you move through them and like things like ascend, like kind of blows my mind how versatile that thing is and how well it works where I'm like, I understand why this game took so long just based on ascend alone, just being able to travel through any, <laughs> <laughs> like ceiling is nuts. I don't get. It. I mean, we saw the little cave where he jumps through, but like, what what's gonna break our brain beyond that? I mean, it's just it's just like the way you might scale a mountain using ascend, or like how you might solve a puzzle using ascend, or like the fact that you can go into caves and how does that factor in what you would use ascend for to come up in different parts of the map and things like that? Right. Weird. Like there's so many times where I've been like, I don't know how to get up there. I don't, and then you're like, oh, right. Ascend. And then, you know, and then it like it just works. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that worked. I wanted to ask a question on behalf of the um, Breath of the Wild naysayers because I was not I didn't love the game. Sorry. Sorry to bring that energy to this chat. It's OK. <laughs> don't make I understand that some people hate <laughs> having fun and well, I will say I was really hype about the Tears of the Kingdom trailer because um, it looked really fun. Um, but what you're describing and what my ultimate issue with Breath of the Wild was, is that it didn't really feel like a Zelda game. It did in in the skin of it and the language of it, but in the actual gameplay of it, did not feel like the things that I love about the Zelda franchise. And what you're describing kind of sounds similar, where it does sound really fun, um, but it doesn't sound like a Zelda game. I'm wondering, can you speak to all about, can you assuage any of my fears? <laughs> right. I mean, th this is... <laughs> I don't know if everybody knows this. This is a sequel to Breath of the Wild, so it, oh. it, it hues closer to Breath of the Wild. So, like, if Breath of the Wild was something that didn't connect with you, I, I don't know that this is going to change your mind. I will say, without going into too many spoilers, I think the dungeons uh, are like 20% closer to what you might think of as like a traditional dungeon. Whoa, whoa. If that, if that makes sense. That's like it's not. Is that's that, a, is that a huge spoiler, Ben? I'm no, sorry. no, no, not a spoiler. This is shocking. I, I mean, from everything, 
you know, that they said, which I guess has been very, very little. I was under the impression that it was like game on. So they had the quote saying this time the dungeons are huge and each carry their own regional look and feel just like traditional The Legend of Zelda games. We think they will provide a satisfying challenge for players. They certainly were a challenge to develop laughs in parentheses. Um, So (laughs) my impression from reading that was just like game on Zelda lovers. Here you go. They are. They're simplified in a way that I'm, I, I say positively, right? They're like they're in the, the last game. They I think people struggled with the fact that you had to sort of you know uh, move the the beasts to kind of solve them. This it's a little bit easier. Easier is not the right word. It's just like it's easier to understand. It's just like you understand the goals of the dungeon, and they are more diverse, and that extends to the bosses. I like the bosses way more here than I did in Breath of the Wild. Okay. That's nice. It, but, I like how you approach them. I like how they look. I think they're a big step up. Are the solutions to puzzles in the dungeon a little more freeform like the rest of the game or do they have kind of the classic Zelda one solution model? At, I, everything is freeform, man. Like it, like with Ultra Hand, it's like crazy yes. the amount of different things you can do. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't even want to give any like solutions, but there are just, it's it's so frequent where it's like, Will that work? Oh my god, that worked! Like that was like that was constant through the whole game with everything, I love right? It. Like Ultra Hand in particular, but even uh, Recall was another instance where I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. And then you try it, and you're like, Oh, that absolutely works! And it and it was really quick and easy, and it worked really well. Right. Uh, by the way, I love having Jenna and Leo on for this episode because you two. Not to make you mortal enemies or ejected rivals, as we like to say <laughs> in the Min-Max show, but you are complete opposite ends of the spectrum for like Jenna loving Zelda and Leo. Leo just wants full on physics immersive sim, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like if I, you, I definitely like Breath of the Wild for it not being much like the old Zeldas, you know? Right, right. right. Like if you could create your own character, if you could press a button and just like strip out all Zelda callbacks and music, you'd hit that button. <laughs> I'd make it Agent 47. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's dream, yeah. I mean, what I know about you, Leo, is like, I think think you will really appreciate Ultra Hand and for what it can do. Even if you're just like, just if you're approaching it and you're like, ah, whatever, I'll deal with dungeons and shrines on my own time. But like, just using Ultra Hand to like, jump around between the sky islands. Like, I I think you're really going to have a good time with that. Yeah, this has been super encouraging for that. And and yeah, the, the arc you've had where you were worried about like, not feeling like you could be creative if they just give you all these tools and set you free and having you come around on it like this is super encouraging and I really hope that is how it goes for a lot of people. I hope it gets more people asking what more games can I try stuff and feel smart in and then I get to say Hitman. <laughs> and Kyle gets to if plug. If you love Tears of the Kingdom, play Hitman. That's such mm-hmm. a pitch. Well, I do think, like Kyle, it's weird that you're playing nuts and bolts right now on Game Informer's <laughs> Twitch channel, right? For that super replay, like. Does yeah. it feel night and day to nuts and bolts just for ease of building these things? I mean, so I I, to, I have played nuts and bolts in my life. Marcus, oh, Marcus Stewart, Stewart is the one playing. who has his hands on the controller. Okay. So, like, I'm watching him play with a, my limited experience of, like, what it was in the past. But the, the big thing for me that differentiates this from something like nuts and bolts and even other games that have tried, like, creation tools like this which is such as a Nintendo thing and especially like a new era of Zelda thing. Well, not even a new era, but just a Nintendo thing is like they are so concerned with like how you personally are interacting with this tool, if that makes sense, right? You're, it does not feel like you're going into a menu. It feels like Link is picking things up and sticking them together to make a contraption, 
Right? I want like, like an and animation. That's, and that's why it is so much more successful than Nuts and Bolts to me is because yeah. even though Nuts and Bolts, it, it, like revisiting recently, it is really cool to like uh, finagle and remix uh, vehicles and build new things to help you solve uh, like 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 get to the end of get to the end of this race. And it's like, oh, well, let me add a bunch of like tires and stuff like that. You're going into a menu and you're playing around with grids and you're moving things over slightly. Yeah, yeah. Where with this, I truly feel like I am picking up objects and sticking them together with my hands just by the nature of like how it's designed and how it controls, because you're not entering a menu. You're just picking things up and rotating them and sticking them together. And it it works really well. The controls take a little bit getting used to. Okay. But it was really like probably with like before I even left the tutorial area, I was like, I feel like I have a great handle on this. But I, I, I feel like every power you use in this game should be combined with an animation just of Link going like, I don't know. Like that, it's just a feeling. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just yeah. cram this Crossing his fingers had, with his off <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something I love too is like when I make something that looks like utter crap. Yeah. And I'm like, we'll see how this goes. And then it like works and you're like, oh my God, this looks terrible. But it's, but it works and I'm getting to where I'm trying to go. It's amazing. How big of things can you make? Like we saw his weird like tower of doom that he's driving around with the stupid little hand in the trailer can you just keep building at a certain point i assume there's some limit right i i haven't pushed the boundaries of that what? limit yeah i well I, i'm not that's like not i'm not really interested in like well i hope someone that. on the internet does the kyle you had to but, finish um, the game yeah. <laughs> in a week <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh i mean it does seem pretty like I, I have never, I haven't run into anything where it was like, you, you know, you know, you can't add any more things. There was one little really? mission I had that was like, hey, I need you to collect logs for me, and it's like not, not the brand bundle of branches that you generate when you hit a log enough for it to collapse into. I, I need you to pick up logs and carry them to me. And so, like the what I ended up doing was like, I just can, I cut down like eight trees and I bundled each of those giant logs into one big bundle of eight and then just tossed it down the cliff to him. <laughs> and like that worked. Like I could, I put together all those, those, those big giant logs together and it was like fine. And it didn't give me any, it didn't say like, oh no, this is too much. But there has, there has to be a limit. <laughs> I'm sure it's somewhere. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Um, it's weird, Kyle, suspicious, dare I say. You haven't mentioned Fuse once. Which seemed like that was going to be the big kind of mind blower here. Yeah, no, I like Fuse a lot, but Fuse is more like is is it ends up being a very practical thing because like for weapons, I just like end up fusing all the weapons, right? Like rather, oh, there's two swords on the ground. I only have one sword slot. Okay, I'm going to pick up that sword and fuse it to the other sword, and now the sword I have is twice as strong and twice as long. And then <laughs> weird using it for um like your bow and arrow, you just find I found like a handful of things I really liked like bombs and and the eyeballs and like fire fruits and stuff like that like it, it it rewards your experimentation and it's but it's 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 not the game changer that ultra hand is it's 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 kind it's almost like a quality of life update because it it means that like everything you pick up becomes a lot more valuable like everything every huh. plant every fruit everything because like in the past it was like well i can use this to cook and that's interesting but now you can use it to cook and then you could also attach an acorn to your shield and see what that does. And sometimes you get really interesting stuff. Sometimes you just get like a couple extra hit points. Yeah, that is really exciting because one of my biggest gripes with Breath of the Wild was, I mean, the breakable weapons, like I'm not opposed to as a rule, but it, I just didn't see how it made the gameplay interesting and it made everything I picked up kind of boring. But the idea that there's more to do with it now, there's more to do with each breakable weapon and use it more smartly is really compelling. 
Yeah, I think I think the big thing about Fuse is it does just make everything more valuable, right? Hmm. Like like and things like I the big thing I would do is I would just like fuse shields together all the time, so I would just have like double shields and stuff like that, and it just means that like everything you pick up can can serve some purpose uh, beyond just cooking, uh, which is nice. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Uh, spoiler free rapid fires for you. Better okay. or worse than Breath of the Wild on these criteria, <clears throat> and the criteria are. Thus, uh, music. Uh, m- more, more music. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and so better in that sense. Better, worse, more. Okay, yeah. interesting. <laughs> I mean, that was a th- I was like, you know, I guess I, uh, one complaint I heard about Breath of the Wild, which I think was fair, was like there's not a lot of music, which is yeah. cool because then you get the kind of lonely, quiet exploration. But Zelda's a series that's known for great music, so it was a little bit of a bummer to like not have as many tracks. But uh, there's a lot more, and I and I like them. Okay, uh, discoveries slash exploration. You know, just that sense of like, what yeah. the hell? I it, it's it's it feels mean to say worse, but I think Breath of the Wild, yeah. just by the nature of being the first one to do it that way, was more exciting and more interesting. Okay, uh, puzzles. A uh, better because of Ultra Hand. Ooh, interesting. Um, are there shrines? Yes. Okay. It's are there combat shrines? Yes. Oh. Are they better or worse than Breath of the Wild? I like them better. Okay. Nice. Interesting. Uh, combat overall. I'll tell you why, if you want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, a lot of the combat shrines take all your equipment, and you have to start from zero at the beginning of the combat shrine. So it's less about what you're taking into it, because sometimes you could, like, in Breath of the Wild, you might encounter a, a really hard combat shrine, and it's like, well, I just don't have the tools to deal with this. Where a lot of the combat shrines here are like, we're actually going to start you from zero and give you a selection of tools, and then the puzzle is figuring out how to get through the combat shrine with the tools we give you. And then you That's got like awesome. stuff back at the end. Yeah. I love that. That sounds cool. Uh, combat overall, about the same? Uh, yeah, that, that one's the same. Okay. Yeah, it, they didn't do any radical changes or anything like that. Like, Fuse is maybe the biggest change because your collection of weapons are different and like and weirdly often longer <laughs> all my weapons are like longer for some reason just by the Perfect. nature of use <laughs> weird uh story uh, uh better better yeah it's surprising n- 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 not really okay. it doesn't it doesn't go too far out of what we understand from a typical zelda story but i like the early conceit and uh i like the broader you know Zelda timeline stuff that becomes okay. as a result. Okay. Is Zelda more or less playable? <laughs> Same. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I guess the biggie too. I haven't hit on it. How's this thing run? It runs good. It runs well. There are a couple instances the the because it does a consistent thirty, and then the times where it does hiccup a little bit are mostly just lots of enemies on screen. Like there okay. weren't there aren't really locations. Which is was a problem with Breath of the Wild is like right. you would go to certain places and the and the frame rate would kind of hitch. Here it was more just like if there were a lot of enemies on screen. Uh, one one way I would I would describe it is like there like Pokemon is a good recent example where you play games on Switch and you're like I I really want that Switch upgrade. I, yep. We're just overdue at this point. I did not feel that way with Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, that's great. It felt like it was running fine. It felt like it was running well. You know, I didn't I didn't feel like it was missing something, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that that's huge here. Jenna, how you feeling? Mm. Yep. OK. I mean, I'm going to get it and I'm going to play it and I hope I like it. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Is it possible? It, to you like... More traditional sort of like linear Zelda, which I love too, by the way, to be clear. I, I don't know if, if you know this about me, Jenna, but I love Zelda. Huge Zelda fan. Favorite game series of all time. And is it just that Breath of the Wild kind of made you pine for something more what like traditional, I guess you could say? I mean, I think I think the indie game market has really done a good job of kind of picking up the slack. Like there, there are so many games that like Death's Door, I think, is one that is hmm. like or Tunic, like these very, very definitely like old school Zelda inspired games. So like I'm not missing that per se. I, I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm the same way where it's just like Zelda is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And it makes me sad that I don't enjoy the new games because uh, I feel it does feel like an, an old friend that you're kind of diverging from right, <laughs> and right, you're like yeah. you still get excited when you see their name or you see their face but you know that 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 spark's gone that's how i feel about it so yeah yeah i think it may, maybe if you not because it, it, it is it, if you approach it knowing that maybe it's like this is we're on a different trajectory with zelda and this is right. maybe even like considered like a different game maybe that'd be I'm a way hoping- to get more out of it yeah, I'm hoping I'll have a clean slate because I, I also just went into Breath of the I went into Breath of the Wild with this chip on my shoulder uh, and I didn't enjoy it for a lot of reasons not having to do with the Zelda thing in general. I have just general complaints about how the game functions as a game. I saw you wince uh, with breakable weapons, so I, I get it. I can't. <laughs> Ugh, I yeah, hated yeah, the yeah. breakable weapon system more than I can possibly express to you. <laughs> Uh, and and like I appreciate why the game had to have it because the game had to incentivize you going out and exploring and having more encounters. So that, right. but like forcing me, I just the the combat relies on you knowing how each of the different weapons moves and interacts, and then it can breaks them on you. Can I curse? You can, but uh, it's bleeped out. So go nuts. It's, funny, it, it, it's more work for Hanson. So that's <laughs> well, right now it is. So if you're so mad at him, it's stuff like that. I thought the world. I thought. I thought Breath of the Wild had the same amount of content as a normal Zelda game, but spread out over more time and more distance. And I, I found that really frustrating. That's interesting. But I'm hoping I'm going into Tears of the Kingdom with a more reasonable expectations. And right. and I'm, I am I have space in my heart to love it. We'll see. <laughs> it just has you, to step you, up. You there. This is a weird thing to not that I need to sell you on the game. Jen, if you don't like it, that's fine. <laughs> like I, I'm not going to be heartbroken. I'm open. But, yeah. It, it, like and if if you felt like things were too spread out, one thing about, nice thing about Tears of the Kingdom is it does afford more opportunities to get from point A to B, be faster in certain Excited ways, in, in ways mm. that I won't explain. Yeah. But uh, it's also worthwhile to just walk everywhere too, because there's so much new stuff to see. Yeah, that like sometimes you're doing yourself a disservice by taking the faster routes. But mm. but maybe that would make make it a little more um, palatable for you. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, yes, um, Sky stuff cool. Sky stuff, cool. <laughs> All right, okay, I like it. Yeah, the sky stuff is great. Yeah, I really like it. it. It's it's super fun to see an island in the distance and be like, I think I need to go over there. How do I get over there? And then right. figuring that out is super fun. Oh, I think God. I need to do some sky stuff. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, look, this is Game Informers review. Check out their site. I assume you get a whole whole bunch of content going up about this game. But uh, what, uh, what, yeah. what number hypothetically would you put on this review score over there, Game Informer? So I, I gave it a 9.75 out of 10. I, I did consider, Why I did think the about the 10. Like it was okay. definitely something I, I talked about with uh, Brian Shea over there who, you know, is ostensibly the reviews editor at Game Informer. And like, 
the only not the only but like the main the, the reason i didn't quite go full 10 is because like breath of the wild was like even when i was playing i was like there's just this undeniable impact here this this is gonna just change things and there's just yeah. this this magic to this game that is, is going to be difficult to recreate and it and it is difficult to recreate but like there's just it, so that's that's the thing it just yep, didn't yep. it lacks maybe like the newness of that of that first time that i just was like understood the the how big breath of the wild was and um this this succeeds everywhere there's like i i love tears of the kingdom but it, it doesn't it's like a mario galaxy to mario galaxy 2 situation mm. where like mm-hmm. i think in like 10 years when we're talking about wow you know zelda with that big change i think we're still going to refer to breath of the wild as the sort of you know the line in the sand where things change for the series but tears of the kingdom is so good it's such a great game okay really what, what do you it. think is like a year from now will there be a <laughs> predict the future will there be a sizable component of zelda fans who are like tears of the kingdom you guys is so much better than breath of the wild or you think everyone by and large is going to be understood that breath of the wild is the quote-unquote better game is it going to be majora's to ocarina level of like all right majora's people i hear you but let's be realistic here the the no offense to the Majora's Mask people. Yeah, out I mean there. the the difference between Ocarina and Majora's is more substantial than it is for Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to like the exploration versus Ultra Hand. I think the huh. big thing for the big discussion point for Tears of the Kingdom is just going to be Ultra Hand and <laughs> how so that changed weird. the game and what you do with it. Something... And we all have to get used to referring to Ultra Hand as a very serious design. <laughs> that uh, I think is very cool. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of hit it at the top, but that's I'm still fascinated with the idea of like your biggest surprise of playing it and going like, oh, it's more this than I expected. And the answer is just filled with hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. In, in, in more ways than one. Mm, in more ways than one. We'll revisit that in a few weeks. But um. Yeah, like we're yeah, Breath of the Wild is is exploration and discovering things and yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is like how can you be creative within this world, I think. Okay. It, the discovery is within you. Oh exactly. my god. Yeah. You discover yourself. Uh hey, hats off to Kyle for reviewing this game. Yay. Kyle, come on. You, you played a lot of this thing. You crammed a lot in for this discussion. I, I, yeah. I I I also want to make clear because I know this is a point of discussion lately like I, I did have a moved up deadline for my print review, like mm. the, before the online embargo. But like sure. my my insistence on like losing a lot of sleep and l- genuinely like stopping exercising <laughs> like while I was playing Breath of the, of the Kingdom was self directed. I just loved it so much yeah. that I didn't want to stop. And like you know, for Game Informers, like if I needed to push the review back, we totally would have. It would have been fine. Yeah. But I was just like, no, no, no. I, I love this. I want to play this. I want to ignore every other part of my life. <laughs> just <laughs> dive into this game literally in many instances. And I'm still it, like playing it constantly. Like yeah. anytime it's like game time, it's it's straight to Tears of the Kingdom. I, I, I want to try to get all, everything. You know, I want to try to see everything the game has to offer. I have not seen that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really adore it. I, I love this game. I love it. Uh, speaking of diving into this game, uh, as we mentioned last week, I do believe uh, we are taking the deepest dive into Tears of the Kingdom, which is our whole multi-part game club series at MinMax here. Uh, you can unlock the podcast version of all of those discussions by supporting us on Patreon, support independent games media, and you get a wonderful podcast waiting in your favorite podcast app. We appreciate it. And then if you support us at any tier whatsoever, um, any tier of the kingdom, Leo Vader. No. Oh, okay. Any tier whatsoever, uh, you can jump in and uh, you can submit comments for us to read during our discussion for the deepest dive on Tears of the Kingdom. And then also you can join the Discord, which 
really is where the heart of this discussion is going to be happening. That Discord channel is going to be so fun with everybody sharing your thoughts and uh, creations and all that fun stuff. Yeah, clips. You're going to want to tell people about stuff you do, probably. <laughs> right. And your friends will be like, I got it. I got it. I got it. But that Discord channel, you can let her rip just a Gatling gun of ideas and thoughts. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for supporting the Deepest Dive format. Hope you enjoyed it. It'll be up on our YouTube channel on... I guess uh, Tuesday next week and then in that bonus podcast feed as well on Tuesday of next week. So we're collecting your comments on Sunday, May 14th. I saw at least one person be like, that's so early. We only have a couple days. I hear you. Just whatever you play, you can submit a comment on Sunday. But I'd imagine you're going to be playing more than a couple hours. I'd imagine you will at least will have one thought in those couple of hours. And so this is what we're going to be tackling. Nah, just blank slate. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. Um, but the weird thing is this is a different type of deepest dive. Normally it's like, all right, get up to, you know, Jenna, uh, chapter six in Resident Evil 4. That was, it's a very clear stopping point previously, right? Uh, whereas this one, it's like, we want you to explore. I want you to have fun. So primarily we're going to be focused on kind of systems, that type of thing. But Kyle, we were talking ahead of time about the best way to phrase this. And for the first discussion, we're going to focus on steering towards the quote unquote phenomenon objective in the northwest that's the correct way to phrase it yeah i had to do the the north the cardinal directions in my head okay that way northwest so there might be some sort of objective in the northwest go towards there and we're going to be focusing primarily on that uh for the deepest dive but if you want to if you want to go your own way you can go your own way um (laughs) and then you could write in about whatever the hell you want just don't spoil the ending or whatever you know but if you want to be like oh i found this crazy thing over here that's fine so it's gonna be kind of a loose loose and goosey deepest dive but thanks everybody for uh enjoying it and for the first episode it's going to be uh myself kelsey lewin uh leo vader and jeff marquiafava uh for the first discussion but i think it's gonna be kind of a looser cast we'll probably rotate through get kyle in at a certain point and all that fun yeah, stuff I'll pop in for some of the later ones sweet uh and then also we'll be streaming uh tears of the kingdom on friday on twitch if you want to follow us uh, twitch.tv slash minmax show my old uh, old best friend Ronnie is going to be jumping over to the studio and we're going to start this game up uh, fresh so you can enjoy that over there on Twitch. Uh, Leo, feeling good? So excited. So excited. Uh, Ian Sweetage, by the way, wrote in just to go into community questions really early just for this one, though. They say, uh, hello, heroes of Hyrule. I don't have a particular question. I just wanted to express how happy I am, and I'm sure a bunch of other people are, to have been here supporting MinMax long enough to finally hear Kyle talk about, quote, Breath of the Wild 2. Because this is... Is that what we called it in that little clip? Yeah, right? yeah. We didn't know what it was called. Yeah, this is the first end screen we ever made for MinMax back in 2019. It's Kyle in the MinMax studio, the old one, saying, if you support us long enough, eventually, I'll you'll get to hear me talk about Breath of the Wild too. So today was that day. Prophecy fulfilled, as people on Twitter said. So congratulations. Uh, speaking of the prophecy being fulfilled, um, fulfilled? For fitted? For fulfilled? Um, Kyle, do you remember a bet that we made many, many years ago? Is it about chess in a Star Wars movie? That's like the only bet I remember. <laughs> no, we also bet uh, something that relates to something that I feel like I've been very clumsily teasing for a long time here at Max. Uh Oh, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, uh, but the announcement, just to get rid of these teases and the confusion about a lot of summer confusion and planning here at Max, but uh, the announcement is uh, I'm having a gosh darn kid. Uh, yeah yeah i'm excited for you man thank you thank you well my wife is specifically i guess having the kid um but this is going to be the back half of june we're having a baby boy um and so 
that is complicated at MinMax. There's a lot of feelings and emotions and, you know, I, trying to tease what we're announcing, especially like in Party Chat or Bonus Podcast, I feel like I've been just kind of teasing along for a long time because everyone's like, are you going to do the deepest dive on Final Fantasy 16? It's like, uh, I don't think so. It's complicated. Uh, so the big picture stuff is, so I am going to uh, leave for two months, two months of fraternity leave. Um, technically, I'll still be in my house and stuff like that, but I'm going to hand things over fully to everybody here at MinMax. Uh, obviously, thank you to everybody who has supported us to the level on Patreon that we're able to do this, hopefully in a comfortable, smooth kind of way. I get to step back and try and raise a kid for two months. And I assume months after that That's as well. That's all it takes. You're done. That. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> the finish line is in two months. Um, but yeah, it, it means a lot to me that people have supported us to the level of like, this isn't going to break everything because it's a bit of a production bottleneck currently for MinMax um, with me. So it's nice that we're able to bring in folks like Jenna Steber to help out. Yay! Video production experts. Um, and so it's been fun already just in a couple of meetings with Jenna just to try and work through like, okay, we've been kind of building up this MinMax system behind the scenes and it's a lot of weird things and it's this and this and this and this and it feels so natural to me. Um, so I'm like making video tutorials slash walkthroughs and to-do lists and all this stuff and like actually writing down the process is really weird. I, I hope it hasn't been intimidating yet, Jenna, for trying to bring you into like, here's all of the shows and here's how they're posted and this goes on Patreon at this time and then typically we tease this at this point and then this goes on Twitter. Are you feeling good so far? Good so far. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of little things, but it's all... Oh, it's a lot of little things that I already do and have have done for years now. So it's like, I don't know, it's editing podcasts and I it like it, the content is not overwhelming. The amount is a little, but I don't know, I'll figure it out. I think it's also it's just intimidating. I think when I'm like explaining it to you, but I think if you just like see the shows, it's like, OK, this is this is doable. Um, and yeah. yeah, hats off to everybody for uh, stepping up and helping out in a big way. Like Jenna Garcia is going to be handling MinMax's social media. Uh, Jenna is going to be on the production end. Uh, yeah, we should mention that. So Jenna's going to be joining for, for two months here for the opportunity to leave, uh, producing the podcast, producing some other shows and stuff like that. And then, you know, we talked about Jenna. It's like, you're probably going to be on the podcast a lot during those two months. If you ever want to yeah. not talk, but still run the tech, you're welcome to, but you're welcome to jump into whatever the hell you want. Um, but uh, then any excuse to air my breath of the wild thoughts, <laughs> then get yelled out of the internet. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> Go uh, ahead and yell at Jenna. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Leo Vader is uh, stepping up for new show. Plus the show that he used to run here at MinMax. So that'll still be going on. Feeling good, Leo. Yeah. Okay. Excited. Nice. And then Kyle Hilliard is going to be uh, guest hosting the podcast for the first month, dare I say. That's right. Except for one week where I'll be on vacation, but yes. That's right. Uh, and then we'll have another uh, guest host jump in for that one week and stuff like that. And then the second month, because there are two months here, um, we'll have another guest host jumping in. Uh, that might be a surprise for folks, but I think it'll be fun. Uh, so... This is going to be an interesting transition. I, I, I'm very much looking forward to like stepping back and giving the community a break from my voice. But also it's just kind of I think it's healthy for the outlet too to be like, OK, this should be detached from me and to see what it's like. I'm sure a million ideas and things will come up that I never could have expected. And, you know, that's always just the beauty even of like a new show plus week where ideas come out of the blue. And it's like if I'm not involved with it, it is really fun just to see where the rest of these smart people take the outlet. But Leo, you seem to agree that that's a, a good thing. Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot. 
yeah. about strengths and weaknesses and what like can function without you, but just hasn't because like you take a lot of ownership and you have a lot of a uh, work ethic and you're excited to do it, you know, but we'll just see what it's like. Yeah. I'm really interested. Yeah. There's also stuff, you know, just like Jenna Garcia is like, she's, she's a bit of a go-getter, uh, which is great. And, you know, so <laughs> she's handling social media and she's like, all right, going to give me your login for the TikTok for Instagram. I want to do all this thing. She's like, I'm going to do the hell out of it. I'm going to elevate her social media. I'm like, that's very sweet. That's very sweet. <laughs> like, so I'm sure like in that field alone, our social media, I think is going to improve greatly. Um, and I imagine it'll be the same with everybody able to, to focus on their own Avenue. Um, what it means for you, the consumer, which is how we like to refer to you all. Um, <laughs> so the big thing, I mean, I think everything should be about the same. Uh, trivia tower is the one thing that nobody really wants to do because it's really tricky and a mess. Uh, and so trivia tower, we're taking a two month break. There will be an episode, uh, this, uh, Tuesday actually. So, uh, May 16th, will be the last episode for a while. We're going to be taking a two-month break for Trivia Tower after this May episode. But we'll we'll come back swinging and, and come back strong and all that stuff. And then everything else should be the same. Podcast should be the same. Coming up at the same time. Everything else. Party chat still happening with some rotating uh, hosts. That's our Patreon-exclusive podcast show. All that fun stuff where the community can call in. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's already humbling and, you know, I think the right level of scary, but just really exciting. Like, I'm really excited not only to like you know take a break from min max for a while as much as i do love it like i think it's gonna be good for everybody but then it's just like i'm looking forward to that idea of like just two months off just to like focus on my family like but sorry i guess i'm really excited about it like i think it's gonna be really sweet and just like a nice a nice little cozy stressful experience right kyle is that the best way to put it yeah it will be it'll be good you'll be you'll be okay you'll be tired that's right. all it really That was so ominous, that pause. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll be well, honestly, it wasn't meant to be ominous. It's like my my kid's 11 now, so like it was a long time ago, man. Like you really, right. because that's, that time was so stressful and tiring, you kind of you kind of forget about it. <laughs> like, what was that like? Right, right. <laughs> like it was good, right? Yeah, I was talking to Brian Vohr, who's a father of two now. Um, you know, the wicker man, man, Jenna, um, you know, I was talking to him about it. I was like, I'm just so excited. Like, I just want to meet this kid and get this thing rolling. Like, I want to just get the kid out there. Cause like, you know, I'm excited for like when they can talk, I think that's going to be the most fun thing. Cause I just want to engage with the kid a little bit more than just, you know, feeding him milk or whatever. And, uh, and I was like, I just want this kid to come out right now. And Brian's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> Remember what you said right now. Like, it's, it's like, it's going to be so stressful. You have no idea. Enjoy your sleep, buddy. Um, but don't expect a bunch of, uh, you know, baby centric content. I won't let the kid take over the channel and all that fun stuff. Like I want it to be, you know, a, a private thing. I, I, I'm not planning on sharing the name even. So it's going to be hopefully pretty detached. So if you're sick of baby content online, I don't think MinMax will become a source of primo baby content. Uh, uh, if you want baby content, go check out Kind of Funny Games. Wah. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Uh, me. My whole career, I guess. I was going to say 11 years ago, but I would never shut up about my kids. So. Yeah, by the way, yeah, what I was referencing earlier, Kyle, is yeah, we had a bet years ago where I was like, oh, I'm going to have a kid within five years. Absolutely. And I forget when that bet was. It was probably like 20. It was more than five years ago. For it sure. was more I than five. So I'm sorry. So I, I paid you uh, your dirty $10. I'm sorry for losing that bet, ma'am. Uh, all right. Wait, that, I'm, wait, wait, hold on. You gave me $10? I think so. For, oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> Did you? Well, you I thought you it. made the bet with Cork. I don't think I was present for that. 
was I? No, it was absolutely with you. I remember very distinctly that it was with you about that baby right. thing. Well, I lost uh, the Star Wars bet, but I won the baby bet. So that's right, man. Uh, yeah, so it's it's coming up quick. Like it's it's got to be weird for. I don't know. Sorry to keep it secret for so long is one of those things. Of like I I kind of want to keep it secret, but eventually got to the point of like we need to start planning and it's probably not fair to the community to like surprise I'm gone. Blah! It's like, you know, Jan in particular was pushing for like, you should make this a smooth transition for everybody behind the scenes and uh, in front of the scenes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I learned about this, this baby, like the day that Ronnie and I started streaming telltale's Jurassic park for a nice timestamp. It was like that morning, my wife surprised me and then it was like, oh God, now we got to stream and have to care about Telltale's Jurassic Park all day. <laughs> it's really a weird transition to make. Um, but speaking... So if you were just sort of staring into the distance listlessly during that stream. <laughs> right, right. But I guess, you know, Jurassic Park is about learning to love kids. So there's no more appropriate... <laughs> it's the core thread of those, of those movies. Every, that franchise. That's right. That's right. Even Fallen Kingdom. Everyone remembers about Jurassic Park. It's Alan Grant's growth as a human. <laughs> that's why I tore up the box, Arvis, man. What are you talking about? You're right. You're right. Uh, speaking of... Oh, Yeah. I want to say thank yes. you, events, to everybody in the MinMax community for realizing that this is going to be a weird transition. Right. <laughs> and this is the first time, as I understand it, that y'all have done this. Uh, and so there are probably going to be some bumps and hiccups. And I just wanted to say preemptively thank you for, for being welcoming. Uh, everybody on the staff already has been just so incredible and so sweet. Uh, and, and I'm just excited to meet all y'all and talk about games and stuff. Yeah, I think... Community-wise, I think you're in good hands, Jenna. It's the sweetest community. And I know everyone says it about their community, but I'm always humbled. So, yeah, it, I think people are going to be uh, very welcoming overall. Uh, so welcome aboard, Jenna. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, and we should get back to talking about games, Leo. This is what matters, baby. Let's talk about the one game we all came here to talk about. Saints Row, parentheses 2022. <laughs> Welcome back to the episode. Thanks for clicking on the time code to this part. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leo, this is a surprise. Why do you want to talk about Saints Row? Uh, they did a big update. They did a big update and they said we redid the combat. We heard your feedback. You didn't like it. We didn't like it either. We changed it now. <laughs> yeah, I looked at their official right. wording here. They said we have, quote, heard your feedback on the game's combat feel, including the flow, the bullet sponginess of enemies and the overall challenge. And yeah, they have a whole breakdown of like, we just made Saints Row better. Please pay attention now. Um, and as far as I can tell, Leo, you're the only person who's like, all right, you got me. I'll, I'll pay attention again. <laughs> From There's the back of the crowd, out this I'm week. Yeah, this is a great time to yeah, do this. This is perfect. <laughs> uh, is you know what? I'm enjoying it. I think the changes they made are, are great. It, it makes me feel like such a little caveman, but it's like they added the little white X when you hit a guy with your bullet. And now the combat feels amazing. What? Wait, wait, what is that, that it lets you know a bullet connected? Is that? Yeah, of, a hit indicator. Oh. Like all shooters have had besides Saints Row for the past like eight years. <laughs> huh. <laughs> but it's also, yeah, that bringing down enemy health, it feels like you're making a lot more decisions in combat and making a lot less time just like dumping ammo into the same enemies. And I don't know, it's helping me see the strengths more too. Like it's interesting how the physics play around when you're shooting. I kicked a guy to death and he stumbled backwards and tripped over his motorcycle and it like looked perfect <laughs> it's just all you want. I, I find myself like looking forward to the fights in that game which i didn't before which makes a absolute world of difference do you have any sense of where the community is at because i went to the saints row subreddit 
and it was just people complaining about the photo mode and sharing a bunch of uh, glitches still. And I was like, I don't really, I was expecting to go to the subreddit and see like a big thumbs up. We like this game now. And I didn't quite see that. Um, I have no idea. I haven't checked in on that. Oh, okay. All I know is like, I, I love the old Saints Row and was disappointed by the new one. Yeah. I, I, the combat was always just passable. And then in the new one, it felt less than passable. And I don't know if that was the time changing or if it really was less good than the old ones, but it feels good now. And for an open world checkboxer, you know, it, it serves that need a lot more than it used to. Right. And I'm glad that people who pick that game up on sale now will have a better time than they would have otherwise. It's nice well, that it's like just going to be left in a better place. Well, I'm just writing down the name checkboxer. It's really good. I don't know. Maybe a video game I'll never make should be called checkboxer. Mm. <laughs> It's a good new show plus option. Villain. You could write that down for when I leave, Leo. That could be a nice option for you. Um, yeah, and they also added like a new district that's free, I guess. But yeah, it reminded me, if Philly Yeatsteak wrote in uh, on Patreon for the community questions, just, I thought that was interesting, saying, hey, I recently started playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and I was surprised to discover they patched in an option to completely remove gear scores and the whole tiered loot system that the game launched with, and the game is undoubtedly better with these things removed. Like, yeah, I tried that too. Really? Yeah, what? for that reason. This is your life, Leo? Is you're just checking in on these old games? This is what everybody wants to do, but nobody actually does it. But I love you like actually going in and be like, hey, nice work, devs. You made this better six years later. I mean, it's it's them responding to what people wanted, right? So right. it's like the, it being a direct addressing of people's criticism makes it immediately more interesting to me to check out than versus whatever base version is uh, addressing what they think the market wanted five years ago when they started making it you know right right no it's interesting it's an interesting variant on like a living game right because you wouldn't argue that these are living games in the way yeah. that like a Fortnite is but it is like taking advantage it is leveraging the capabilities that you have to radically change elements of your game in that same way that's super interesting for sure and almost for the sole purpose of like repairing goodwill like if yeah. they ever want to do anything else with saints row they now can say like, or at least now you will have heard people say, hey, that game isn't so bad now. Right. There will, <laughs> it'll be, yeah, like the 11th comment down on the Reddit thread will be saying that. But at least it's there. And that's what matters. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, speaking of at least it's there, th man, I don't know why some game titles just, it immediately was on my radar. I got an email a while ago like, hey, there's a game coming out called Jected Rivals. And I said, God, I... Is that with a J? It's with a J, like ejected, <laughs> but you lose the E because it's cleaner. Well, I thought it was like a, a pun on rejected. I also like, thought rejected. Well, yeah. you would oh. think like that. If you reject, the opposite of rejecting something is jecting it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you eject it first and then you reject. It. I, oh, I thought it was about yeah. that Final Fantasy X character, honestly, just about his life. It's you know like a little bio. <laughs> no, it has an H in it. It's completely different. Oh, I see. Um no, I think I think it's eject because the whole thing, Kyle, is this is um so it's from it was oh, it's confusing. So it's it was called Stuntfest, and it was originally from like the Wreckfest developers, but it's another studio now, but it was like a project apparently that started within the Wreckfest development team and stuff. And imagine a, a car game, Kyle. But Done. You can eject yourself out of it Arkham Knight style, which is always the most satisfying part. I prefer Pursuit Force, but okay. Okay, like Pursuit Force. And then you fly through the air, and then you can kind of grapple onto other cars and get a jetpack. So imagine... No, this sounds cool, actually. Okay, here's You're what it is. Kind of a lot of fun sounding All right, imagine Arkham Knight meets Riders Republic vibe-wise 
but then free to play and from THQ Nordic. And that's checked in rivals. We got a little, little sprinkle of just cause in there. Uh, you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. uh, Leo, you've been playing this thing too. Yeah, I would call it. I, I, I thought of it this way. Yeah. You're in a car playing fall guys wearing riders republic skin i feel like that sums it all up okay the fall guys part comes in it's battle royale and you're doing really arcadey goofy stuff sometimes you're racing which you can use the ejecting feature to like launch and go through shortcuts and land on a different car and start driving that and those moments are really cool and you like learn them more as you play the maps and it's fun to have that advantage over your your rivals that you're ejecting <laughs> uh, but there's also arcade modes like everybody starts at the top of this giant ski jump and you drive down and there's a wall at the end and you eject at the last moment and it's about who can launch themselves the furthest and there are fun mechanics for that of like late jumping bouncing off the ground essentially and like trying to get these pickups that'll like, extend your little jetpack abilities and stuff it's we it's a really weird angle for a free-to-play game but i appreciate it. it's still an early access and it seems like you know it's it, it's not running great and there's certainly yeah. a lot of jank like when you're in the air and then trying to like grapple onto a car and it's just kind of like a red twizzler that you're kind of using to grab onto a car and then like you're going down on the ground and then when your character like is on the ground but they're still grappling onto a car your character's like runs really fast for a little <laughs> while so, like it's just like it is a weird mess of a interesting thing is how i'd put it i guess you can't play with friends and there's absolutely no progression <laughs> but come on down dejected rivals ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh it's it's a confusing thing and uh jenna um I'd like to introduce you to our new uh, segment. It's called Good PR or Bad PR. <laughs> here's, here's a quote on their official site. Uh, talking about Checked Arrivals, of course. The new game from Vienna-based studio Pow Wow Entertainment is 50% action, 50% racing, 50% flying and crazy stunts, so it's 200% fun, says Florian Emmerich, head of PR for THQ Nordic. <laughs> Oh, and I have to decide that it's either good or bad PR. That's right. I'll say good, but good weak PR. good. It's, okay. I think it's a funny bit. Okay. <laughs> so Florian. Did he attribute the quote to himself? <laughs> yeah, he probably wrote that up. Yes. It feels, it feels very 90s magazine, video game magazine. Yes. Ad, you know? Yeah. Uh, Back when all PR was good. That. All right, yeah, that's, I'm not even saying that's a bad thing necessarily. Just. Uh, Leo, since you're the king of uh, looking backwards in the game industry, like, will you keep your eye on Jacked Rivals to see how it's updating in early access? That's exactly what I'll do. It might never get past where it's at right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think people need to go play it. it the The core conceit is cool and it is fun and it is free so whatever maybe spend half an hour on it but I'm, honestly what i was thinking was of all the games that come out and try really hard to be esports i have no idea if that's in this game's plan at all but i want to see this <laughs> as an esport i want to see the highest level of play of like people strategically using this eject thing and getting into a car at the right moment to like t-bone the person ahead of them yeah because the collision <laughs> stuff is really satisfying and it is reminding me how rarely i see racing games where you're supposed to mess up the cars really bad constantly right well, yeah and that's what fun. That playstation 5 early destruction yeah. all stars right could you could you 
eject out of those eject out of those cars you can, i knew you could get out you can get out i don't know if getting out is ejecting technically okay. it's kind of a different verb <laughs> it feels different ejecting, such a provocative word what does it mean you know kyle know. could you go play a bunch of that game the destruction all-stars one and then let us know if it's yeah, cool and right the after community. i finish tears of the kingdom okay <laughs> and then star wars i'm on it dude <laughs> remember the time there's like reporting where like this game came out right at the launch of the ps5 the destruction all-stars and it's like well this feels like these developers are ready to go for twisted metal and then there was reporting that like they're working on a new twisted metal and it just made the most sense in the world and then there's reporting that like they were taken off the twisted metal project where it's like heartbreaking because <laughs> oh, you played that, that game and it's like oh my god this feels like just it should have been a twisted metal game, a side offshoot, you know. But well, it's, just, it's, it's like when we all were like, "Oh yeah, Sucker Punch is making that Spider-Man." Game. Yes, exactly. What other developer would you put on Spider-Man other than Sucker Punch? Right. Yep. Exactly. And I think I was definitely <laughs> oh, Insomniac, of course. And then knocked <laughs> it out of the park. Match. Way to go! Uh, hey, real quick, there's um, Leo. I I fell in love with you this week um, when in the Monday meeting you're like, "Hey, on the podcast, uh-huh. could I could I talk about Apple Arcade?" Because I also <laughs> want to talk about Apple Arcade, and I know it's not cool, I know it's not sexy to talk about it, but goddamn, I had a moment this last week where it turned my head. I was looking one way in the industry, and then they released mm-hmm. so many things in Apple Arcade, I was like, and slowly rotated to look in a direction I never thought I would look at again, but like, Apple Arcade, I think it's like, good, everybody, still? I, th- I think it actually, I'm going to go as far as to say it kicks ass. <laughs> wow! Is this your first time jumping into it? No, I tried it when it launched and tried a couple games and it was fine. I, honestly, yeah. it, it wasn't a point in my life where I was mobile gaming very much. But in the past year or two, I really have been. But yet I kind of forgot about Apple Arcade. Yeah. And now coming to it now to not even talk about the new stuff and to just talk about it in broad strokes. The core pitch of like no microtransactions, no ads like that's a dream. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many crappy farm games I've played? And the point where everything starts to take three weeks to do and nothing is fun anymore unless you put money into it. The idea that that's just never going to come yeah. is crazy. Or your little arcade game where you're, you're never going to hit a level where they're trying to wall you off to buy more gems. And it's weird to me. Like, it's that's great. The thing about just the format of playing games on my phone is you have all those design lessons like disappointment baked into your brain. So, you, yes. the, you know, Cityscape Sim Builder is a new game that is from uh, developers who worked on SimCity, SimCity 2013. Um, and so they made this new city builder and I jumped into that. And still, as I was playing it, my brain was just telling me like, yeah, but just wait. Like we all want to play a simplified city builder at times, but there's going to be some boot that's going to drop with 14 different currencies and a bunch of garbage. And it's like, no, no, it's... It's just a little little city builder on your phone, everybody. And that makes it so much more relaxing and rejuvenating of an experience to know it's like not trying to take advantage of you and it's never going to. Other than the subscription to Apple Arcade. I guess. $5 a month is cheaper than any other subscription I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Max for two bucks a month, I guess. Even a cheaper microtransaction. Yeah. Right. But what have you been playing other than, Leo? Uh, Let me open up my phone. Take your time. So... (laughs) <laughs> Farmside is the Apple Arcade farming game. That's just like exactly what I want out of a farming game. It's got little timers that aren't too oppressive, but it's a nice, fun little thing to check in on. I think it's really interesting that they have Apple Arcade versions of Temple Run yeah. and Threes and Angry Birds. Right. Just like versions of that, not even versions of those games, but like those exact games, but just without any yeah. any option to spend money, not even any incentive. Joyrides in that queue, too. Yeah. 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 I've been really enjoying Spire Blast, but especially Castle Crumble, 
by the same developers that are really arcadey physics things. Huh. Spire Blast is like a gem swap. Collect all the colors, whatever. Castle Crumble, you're destroying castles kind of tactically, planting dynamite and then blowing up another castle so the rubble explodes and hits the dynamite and you get like two buildings for the price of one. That's a really fun little arcade one. I think my favorite at the moment is called Sping. No. (laughs) You must be mistaken. It's SP exclamation point NG. And the description explains it's like a combination of spring and stuff. And they say at the end, pro tip, don't put an exclamation point in the name of your game. Yeah, that has to break a lot of stuff, I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It did, but that's but what a, it's worth it, when I searched for it just now, putting the exclamation point helped. Okay. And it came up right away. So that's all right. Good. Maybe it's not so bad after all. Great. Have you, um, um, have you checked out What the Car? Yes, I have played a couple hours of that. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so is what, that by the what the golf people? It's the what the golf people, the what the bat people, which is like, yeah, I love what the golf so much. And so good. Yeah. It's like, that's just what I want. I, I like those little weird games or just give me rapid fire little gameplay jokes. It's kind of in a warrior wear style vein, I guess, in some ways. And then what the car, the hook with this one is that you're a car and it's very fun where the first level it's like, okay, you're just kind of steering a car driving. No big deal. But it has that overall vibe and look like the other games. And then I think it's just like in the second level, then the car just grows legs and stands up. And then Mm -hmm. the rest of the game, you're just like a car running with legs. But then it it shakes it up beyond that. Like if you jump in the water, your car turns into like a frog. And like the car doors are like swimming along like a frog would. And then like every level, uh, they have a very catchy song. It's like, what the car... And then every time you jump into a level, it'll give you a different version of that intro because you keep having different things like car with giant legs uh, or what is it? Yeah. Car with jump, but not too much was one of the levels. (laughs) But yeah. What do you think of it, Leo? It's cool. It's super simple, super quick levels. And interesting that there are community levels. Ooh, okay. I haven't dove into that yet. Yeah, there's like level creation tools and then they kind of populate the overworld with them alongside the regular levels. And those words at the start of the level, people can mix and match from like a set of pre-recorded ones. Oh, that's a kind really of the good idea. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like it. I don't I'm, The overworld part, I don't know if I'm too crazy about it. It's like, just give me rapid fire silly levels. I don't know about like exploring this overworld to find new stuff. Especially when you're doing like a little bit of platforming in the overworld that you might have to do more than once. Right, right. Yeah, I hear that. But it's super, super cute, super fun, fast. Yeah. But I'm a Spink man. Hey, man, I get it. Everybody's got to choose a lane. Do you want to, shall I describe Spink? I suppose you can describe Spink. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how. You just, you, it's a one button game and you swing around on little hooks and it's, you know, you get into the flow, you get into the physics rhythm of swinging from one thing to the other, try not to hit the spikes. But that's uh, more on the level of ultra fast levels with right. no filler. Just bang, bang, bang. I love it. Yeah, I, maybe yeah, I was suckered into just checking out the new stuff. Because, yeah, I checked it out back in the day and then a little bit with like Jetpack Joyride 2. So there's probably a ton of stuff that I missed. Like, I think this is also new. But, yeah, there's a game on there, Kyle. Very Little Nightmares. That's just a new Little Nightmares game. Oh, I think, really? I I think that's old. I, I, oh, I think really? I've played that. Yeah. Really? I think it's called like Very Little Nightmares Plus or something, so maybe it is different? I had never seen that before. Very Little Nightmares. Good lord, it came out 2019? Yeah, I played that game. That's It's good. Oh, well, I was hoping... It's kind of like Monument Valley, but with like a Little Nightmares kind of aesthetic. Well, I tried... Uh, Stitch. Stitch is a good Apple Arcade game I'd recommend. It's like a little... If you like pick... It's not like Picross. 
But if you like Picross, you might want to check out Stitch. It's cool. Uh, uh, they also have um, a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game called Splintered Fate. Um, and the pitch is it's a TMNT game, but it's a roguelike. It's very Hades inspired. Hmm. It's like, okay, that seems cool. It's You're still playing it on your phone, everybody. So like, I wasn't really too in love with it, but it's cool to have like, you know, if this was on a console, I think people would be interested in checking out a TMNT you, roguelike. That seems cool. I'm sure. Do you know if it's controller compatible? I don't know. I think it I might be. I still have my, um, my control. I forget what it's called, but there's a really great controller you can get for your phone that I use quite a bit. Yeah, we used to read their ads on the podcast, but I genuinely also forget what it was called. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like Apple Arcade, I feel like this drop of new games, uh, there's also you know a new Disney game where it's like basically Scrabble, but Disney and stuff. And because it's Disney, they don't allow certain words to be placed. Where I was... I was testing the boundaries and it's like, okay, you can write sex in the Disney Scrabble game, but they, they draw the line about there, everybody. So keep your mind out of the gutter. Can you write minions? Yikes. You can't do minions. Nope. That's, <laughs> um, it was funny. Like, you know, you go up against like the AI and the first word they write is cars. And I was like, is this going to be the entire game? Is them just like writing out IP that they own for their Scrabble words? Um, cars too. <laughs> damn it. Where is he getting numbers? Uh, but it feels like this drop from Apple Arcade, it's like, this is exactly what PSVR 2, I feel like, already needs. is just like the, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that might turn some heads. And so, like, hats off to a, you know, platform that's years in, still able to get our attention a little bit. But I, I, I my big thing was I underestimated the variety of games on Apple Arcade at this point and how yeah. many, like, equivalents of the types of games I'd be looking for elsewhere on my right, phone right. are there. Like, if you want a specific type of thing, you can probably get that in a in a really nicely ad-free way. I did see a game um, that I assumed you downloaded called Warped Kart Racer, where it's like a kart racing game, but with Family Guy characters and American Dad characters, and Hank Hill's probably in there. And I thought of you, because I know you... Didn't you spend thousands of dollars on some American Dad card game or Animation something? Animation throw down the quest for more cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weren't you really into that for a while? Is there a question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I, yeah, I guess for a few days, mostly as a joke. But my friend got really into it and he became the leader of like, our, he took our guild to the stratosphere and then he quit. And then I rejoined and I saw that our guild motto was uh, ban if AFK except Leo. <laughs> so i got to stay in there that's good nice. living nice. uh Different. hey kyle do you know how this whole thing operates it's ultra hand dude mainly ultra, ultra hand. hand based and if you take letters and pick them up with the ultra hand and assemble them together you can eventually spell out uh, patreon.com slash minmax with two n's just look it all websites are free. I guess that's not true. There's some that are blocked. The point is, it's free just to go to patreon.com slash minmax and just look at the different options. You can find different benefits that you can unlock and help support us at the same time. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you to some of our biggest supporters. I'm talking about Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, Kyle, how's your lawn looking? Uh, It's uh, not good. Not it good. needs to be mowed right now. I genuinely, maybe... um. I'm in a new dad phase of my life or something, but I have been focusing on lawns a lot. And maybe it's just because ours looks like trash and everybody around us has like somehow just like a putting green out there. I don't really know how they do it. Uh, well, it might help you if y'all check out Sunday for your lawn care. Uh, they say it's time to reclaim your weekend. Sunday lawn care can take one thing off your to-do list. Instead of spending time working on your yard with Sunday, you can spend some time enjoying it. Am I right, Jenna? 
Oh God, you want that in a lawn. You want sure. that. You want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lawn, number one goal, enjoyment. Uh, so uh, Sunday is a funky thing where you can go to their site and you put in your address and they'll customize what you need for your lawn based on the weather and all this stuff, uh, temperature, all that nonsense, um, and customize it exactly for your lawn so you can take care of exactly what your lawn needs for this. Uh, so they say, this spring, go to getsunday.com slash minmax and enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. No trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they ship straight to your home. And you just need a hose to apply Sunday. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. Like, Leo, what's your favorite TV show? Uh, Patreon? Yeah, exactly. Laughable, because you could fertilize your entire lawn for less time than it w- takes to watch the Patreon, everybody. Fertilizing my lawn is my favorite show. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Hey, new show plus. Uh, Sunday is easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full season plans start at just $109. For a limited time, Sunday's offering everybody here 50% off your first box. And when I say everybody here, I mean the people watching and listening, not just the people listening to this that are in the Discord call currently. So you can get started today for as little as $55 when you go to getsunday.com slash minmax at checkout. That's 50% off your first box at getsunday.com slash minmax, everybody. Check it out if you want to take care of your lawn. And thank you to our dear friends at IM8Bit. They want everybody to know about the Super Mario Brothers movie. You seen this? You heard about this, everybody? Uh, you can get the vinyl soundtrack at IM8Bit's wonderful online store. You can get the vinyl soundtrack. You can get it on CD, cassette, uh, whatever you want. Also, they have a seven-inch vinyl, the single, which has Peaches, which at last I heard it's still tearing up the charts, um, which played on airwaves across the world at this point. Um, and then also there's the Mario Brothers rap on the backside of that seven-inch vinyl as well. But I'm 8-Bit. Hats off to them for locking this down, selling it from their store. I think that's so cool. So you can check out their exclusive editions in I'm 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Everything there is good if you're a dork like us uh, and also you can get 10% off of everything in their store by using the promo code mayflowers mayflowers no space mayflowers for 10% off everything that's wonderful in i made bits wonderful online store and help support them because they support us in a big way this week i i yeah. hope it's okay i say this real quick yeah um my, my friend who works at I'm 8-Bit says that he gets messages with every release they do from people that say, hey, I'm dying and this is my last wish is for you to send me this for free. Is that and right? I just want to, it's honestly 100% true. And I just want to convey that that doesn't work and he right. doesn't do it. So this is your best bet. Your best bet is to win question of the week. If you support MinMax on Patreon, you can submit a question or a comment, whatever you want. Anything that makes the show better, we choose our absolute favorite. And then I'm 8-Bit chips at a prize this week they're shipping out mutazion on vinyl the soundtrack to Mut- mutazion i'm sorry i never remember how to pronounce that game but the vinyl soundtrack is great and they will ship it to your darn house uh so jenna i just need your help remembering every single question submitted and choosing the absolute best hey like right now uh no because i don't think you know all of them yet there's some surprises in here but at the end absolutely please remember uh and by the way uh if you check the description for this podcast you can check out the promo code for uh, I'm 8-Bit and then also for Sunday Lawn Care so check that out everybody uh, Tom Blackburn writes in and says if I were to guess the MinMax news that you've been teasing for so long it would be that you're moving away from Minnesota and I can't believe that's actually going to happen no I'm I'm more committed to Minnesota now than I've ever been so I'm staying put I was surprised that people didn't guess it I feel like it was did, a lot of cagey nonsense did you teach, tease it as like personal news kind of or? I teased it as MinMax news that was positive but complicated was the best way that i put it 
What a messy good PR, bad PR, Jenna. <laughs> um, bad PR. What are you saying? But then uh, baby boys are two hundred percent fun. So I don't know what you think of that. Uh, Forrest with two R's. a girl. Sorry. Is that right? Yeah. God. I mean, sorry. you haven't I mean, tried I it. I to break it to you, but... Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is how you find out. All right. I guess we can do a Twitter poll. I don't know how we make this content. Um, boys versus girls. I don't know. Uh, Forrest with two R's writes in and says, what's the best spinoff game? Good uh, Persona. Ooh. 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 Is that just Ooh. the correct answer? Ooh. Wait. Can I pitch you Pokemon Pinball? You may. The floor's I'm open. Listening. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole of the pitch. <laughs> That's the pitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did cross also very good. Uh, yeah. What, what, so, what'd you say? Pokemon po- Picross? Oh, that is a good Picross game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Except That's it has good. microtransactions. Pokemon Pinball, I never played it. Um, the ball, just to be very clear, it is a Pokeball that you are shooting up into the pinball table? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Is there a real Pokemon Pinball game? Like, physical? I you know, it's a good. I mean, I have to assume so. I would have to assume so as well. I know this is an I old mean, like, Mario I could actually see one. Nintendo being like, no, big no to licensing that. Right? Well, Pokemon Company yeah. license so many weird sh- stuff, though. So yeah. it's it's oh, weird. Man. I remember Kyle when we visited Game Freak. I think we were talking to like the Pokemon Company people, and I was venting about the idea of like they don't have like Pokemon children's books, like Pokemon books for toddlers, where it's like. What are you what are you doing? Like how is this not on the market? It blows my but mind. They do. Exactly my sure. point. Oh, so right? my, I mean I, I man, back in the day when I looked, I could not find a single one. Maybe now okay. they've come through or something. It's like, a, like the little golden books, right? Wait, really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Did well, you just look on your shelf, Anson? Yeah, yeah, I didn't see a single one. It's like the manga. Yeah, I got here, that, a friend but... like Pikachu, the ABC book, Pokemon, little golden book. So, Jenna, when you're editing the podcast, this is the, this type of thing. <laughs> just go ahead and edit this type of stuff out. Um, yeah. You're saying I should edit this out and put you being wrong in every future podcast? <laughs> yep, 10-4. You got it. <laughs> but uh, those, to your, to your credit, though, those might not have been around at the time. Maybe it's not important. Around. I think Persona is probably the correct answer if you want to be objective about it. I, yeah. I just like Persona because I think a lot of people don't know it's a spinoff. Yeah, I think they just assume it's like its own thing, which it is at this point, to be fair. But it is it is a Shin Megami Tensei spinoff. Right, right. I was going to say, to be fair, yeah, Pokemon Pinball will never eclipse the mainstream Pokemon <laughs> games. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Age of Mythology is the best spinoff, but even that's kind of like, yeah, debatable. Like, is it really a spinoff? I guess. Um, but by the way, there was a uh, GQ did like this big article where they're ranking the top 100 games of all time but the interesting thing is they like got everybody well a lot of people from the industry's top tens like they got i don't know like Mm -hmm. hundreds of people's top tens and tried to like uh scientifically create the quote-unquote game industry's top 10 so i was was honored that they reached out that technically i'm included in a gq article now because i got to submit my top 10 but yet age of mythology not the top 100 i I put it so damn high (laughs) on my list and it didn't push it over the line but that's okay uh, Beefcake writes in, they say, I just wanted to remind everybody that Hi-Fi Rush is awesome and it's currently Game of the Year 2023. Yeah. As as of yeah. right now, and only right now this week, unless you're listening on Friday, it is absolutely Game of the Year. So congratulations, Hi-Fi Rush. That uh, game is great. about this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's flying. <laughs> Catherine Gilbert writes in uh, and she says, how do I survive not being interested in the next big video game hypes this year like the next three most anticipated games i have zero interest in and yet i love the gaming community please help me survive this 
You, I, you just just be happy for other people. Just be excited for them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or here's a line I've practiced sometimes. I'm not interested in that. Interesting. <laughs> if somebody, if somebody, sometimes you just have to lay down the law if somebody wants to talk to you about something, especially something as in, <laughs> as as culturally infused as this. Sometimes, sometimes this comes up most with Star Wars. Sometimes right. people want to talk at me about Star Wars, and I just don't care about Star Wars. Like I don't hate it. I like the movies, but I'm not a fan. And so sometimes you just have to be like. I'm not interested in talking about that. Now, if it's a community space, if it's a digital space, you can just bow out. Like, you don't have to engage. You can just bail yeah. uh, and come back, you know, when they're done talking about it. So, like, self-select when you engage. But if somebody is like, I've got to talk to you about Tears of the Kingdom, you can just sort of be like, I'm not the person. <laughs> I'm not yeah, the one. Um, unless you think you can just be happy for them. Which <laughs> yeah. is, it's nice when that's possible. I, I, you know, went through this with Elden Ring last year. Oh, right, I, right. I, kind of bounced off it and then for 25 more months people were talking about it <laughs> and and for me it's something that was helpful i found i really wanted to contribute the negative experience i had with it of like like there was something in me that did of like yeah but how is how was this good you know and i find if that's what your problem is if you have trouble resisting doing that you can type it all out and look at it and think will this contribute to the conversation Will this help? Will anybody give me an answer to this that is satisfying or whatever? Yeah. And then eventually you'll delete it. And like when your that. therapist says, write a letter to somebody who wronged you and then delete it. Is that what you're doing for Elden Ring? <laughs> that is exactly what I did at the height of Elden Ring. And it, <laughs> it worked. That's animosity, though, not apathy. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is probably different. Yeah, I guess the easy answer is like, yeah, we, we put timestamps in the show so you can skip segments that you really don't want to hear but i i hear you I, if you have zero interest or you're averse to even hearing discussion about zelda it's like the internet's going to be rough over the next couple months i mean yeah. it could be worse uh but like i understand it's, it's going to be all consuming so you know that's the beauty of the deepest dive i guess is we're going to gush about that game on this show in the future but the the core the burning core of the star of passion for tears of the kingdom will be in those deepest dive discussions i guess so they're optional Wait, let me let me pitch this to you yeah every time you hear about or read about or are confronted with information about this thing that you do not care about go ahead and put a quarter in a jar right. and uh, after those things are no longer as prevalent in the conversation buy yourself something real nice for putting up with all of it that's nice like Tears Lovely of the Kingdom idea. on the Nintendo Switch platform, available now. Yeah. Uh, Shimmy more <laughs> expensive than usual, so you got to save up some extra coins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is 70 right? Yeah. That's weird. I forgot about it. Uh, Shimmy Neutron. We take back everything nice we said. Uh, Shimmy Neutron says, Oi, mate, simple question. Do you still get hype? I'm talking like teenage levels of, I'm so excited for this game, I can scream and shout and jump all about. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, let me Shimmy. tell you about a little game called Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I feverishly watched the download happen and when it was done I was like everyone come gather in the living room this only happens about every five years like a solar all eclipse. just embraces for what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah that was me excited. but I'm um, sad to say for Elden Ring <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the Blu-ray of Wicker Man but yeah uh, yeah that too I'm really hyped for the 4k drop of Wicker Man of course but <laughs> just like it was it was genuinely a throwback. I feel like it's been because my I know my relationships with games has changed being part of the games news cycle kind of just alters how you think about and engage with games. But like when Elden Ring, when I heard about Elden Ring, I was like, oh, 
games i just games. Uh, teleported me is so delightful and then for it to like pay off as well as it did like oh my god that's that's ridiculous hype is a cherished emotion for me and i'm glad i do still get it i i was super hyped for hitman freelancer of course and that lived up to it i think the next thing i'm going to be super hyped for is probably streets of rogue 2 and what? i think they you announced know, that oh. yeah oh. you can wish list it now on steam wow it's oh, open yeah. world streets of rogue it looks really great and and being hyped for Watch Dogs Legion, I feel like for me, it's like when it's those systems things, I can get really hyped because there's so much room for me to imagine right. possible things about it. Right. And that's true of hype for anything. It's just like it exists as every possible thing you could ever want until you actually get it. And I don't know. It's just it's fun to it, you set yourself up for disappointment sometimes, but it's fun to stoke that emotion when you get it. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this, like I definitely get hyped about stuff, but also I'm just so okay with developers taking their time if they need and all this stuff like i was streaming uh resident evil 3 remake on sunday with uh ronnie and we were talking about tears of the kingdom and i was like it's just a weird thing to admit that i was like you know if they said tears of the kingdom was delayed one year i think i'd be absolutely okay with that as much as i'm really looking forward to playing the game it's like i don't think i would be that crestfallen about it so does that mean that i wasn't hyped for tears of the kingdom or or you have a reasonable understanding of how the game industry functions maybe maybe that's what it is (laughs) You would yeah. I, you would prefer a game be good and complete and not super buggy when it drops than to play it immediately. I guess so. But then, I mean, I'm definitely yeah, I definitely am more excited for the thing rather than having the thing tomorrow. If that makes sense, right? You know, it's, it's not the time frame; it's just the thing. Give me the know? thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless it's Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, which I need tomorrow. I'll take whatever state it's in, please. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Okay, thanks, uh, Scott I Castro. Thing I looked into it. <laughs> Scott looks at. Scott writes in and says, Hello, special guest Jenna and the MinMax dudes. That's us. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm intending an in-store midnight game release for the first time in six years on Thursday for Tears of the Kingdom. My last was Breath of the Wild. Do you think in-store midnight game releases can make a comeback? Should they? What would you want to see as a fan from a modern midnight release? Besides store staff getting paid overtime. (laughs) I I was actually thinking about this the other day because the last midnight release I went to was Skyrim. Me too. Oh, funny. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I, I worked a lot of them as someone who worked at a GameStop, like tons and tons of midnight releases. Yeah. And I actually really liked them and do miss them. Like, I, I think it is fun to just even because ultimately you just go to a place for like 10 or 15 minutes and everyone there is excited about the same thing you are. And then you get the thing and you go home like and I, I do. I do miss it. It is. It is nice. If It's just a nice place to talk to other folks. I guess. Yeah, I remember waiting in line and uh, this dude marching out with the Skyrim console bundles, belting out the Oblivion theme really loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. I guess I also went to the Skyrim midnight release, but it was to film a video with Dan Reichert where because we were on the cover story trip for South Park Stick of Truth. And that was with THQ, old THQ at the time. And so they were like, hey, we're going to go to the midnight launch because Skyrim and Saints Row 3 were launching on the same day, 11, 11, 11. Um, And so the people from THQ were like, we're going to go to the Skyrim launch party and crash it dressed as Professor Genki from Saints Row, like the big cat mascot guy. Uh, And then Dan Riker's like, I've always wanted to be a mascot. I've always wanted to dress as a mascot. And so then we made a whole video feature about it. It's like, I think that was the only midnight release I've been to was filming Dan Riker just doing crotch chops uh, as Professor Genki to a bunch of Skyrim fans. (laughs) It's on Game Informer's YouTube channel if you want to find it. Is that the reason they stopped being a thing? I think so. Yeah, at that moment, like, you know, culturally, I think we're past this. (laughs) Um, uh, LB writes in, 
with a wonderful question, LB. Thank you. I don't know who you are, but I appreciate this. They say, hey, Min Max Show, do you think you can stand up and deliver in a Hallmark movie? I'm talking like be the lead in it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm 100% the quirky best friend who's like, girl, you need to get your life in order. Okay, but, but what if that that's was... That's good to acknowledge about yourself. But what if this is the spinoff then? This is the persona to that Hallmark movie where it's like, quirky best friend was such a hit. People are writing in dozens of letters. Now she has her own film. Could you do it? Yeah. Well, it, it, then a movie tanks because they're like, oh, no, she was really better as a quirky best friend. <laughs> she, I would like a best friend story is disappointing at the box. <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark put everything they had into it. Uh, I mean, I, I our big holiday tradition is we like watching a bunch of like super low budget, cheesy holiday movies and Hallmarky type stuff. And I've seen some that I'm like, I think I could do that. I I hate acting, don't really like actors, but still, I I think I could pull it off. You don't really like actors. It's a long what story, Jenna. Mean? They're just they're <laughs> professional liars. We had a whole episode of Party Chat unpacking it. We don't need to... <laughs> we We're going to have an actors-focused episode while Ben's gone because yeah. there's no way he would yeah. want to do it on his yeah. own. Actors on actors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like actors. Okay. Uh, Leo, I think you could do it. Thank you. My last video is kind of a rom-com. Huh. And I don't know if it's my best acting I've done, but I think I, I would sure love to do it. It would sure be a really fun challenge. Right. You'd like to be a romantic lead? Yeah. Just yeah. so you can smooch on camera, you sicko? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got anything to say to that? <laughs> you know what, frankly, you stop me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I always just like that weird hypothetical of like, Hallmark feels safe. You know, whereas I always think of that hypothetical of like, I'm sorry, Jenna, I know you're not interested in that and you can tell me that to my face, but uh, like if someone approached me like, hey, would you write the next Star Wars movie? It's like, well, that might be kind of fun, but absolutely not because I don't want to get lit up by every word choice online from fans and whatnot. You know, it's like, I'll, I'll pass, but I don't know with a lot we've learned with Star Wars. So I think you're good, you know? Oh, really? I, weirdly, Somehow I Palpatine has returned. I mean, that's what it takes. <laughs> I'm going to change it. I'm going to terraform Star Wars into something I care deeply about. <laughs> uh, Mega Patman writes in. Oh, just for the record, Kyle, are you in that Hallmark movie? Need the leap? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I okay, don't really. Okay, okay, okay. Why not? I, All right, I used fine. to act when I was young. Oh, whatever. Okay, now I, I guess I, I don't think it would be good, but I would like the life experience <laughs> of doing it. Right. What if like at the next Hallmark lead audition? We find all of us in the lobby, like all four of us have actually walked in there, but only one person can get the it. the same part. Right. Yeah. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's going to be brutal. <laughs> They're not ready for me to be the romantic, the gay romantic lead of a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Mega Fat Man writes in and says, with Tears of the Kingdom's release, where were you six years ago? What's some things that have changed in your lives when Breath of the Wild came out versus now? I got my Switch and Breath of the Wild at midnight, living at home, thinking 1-2-Switch would be the party game of the year. Now, two jobs later, my own apartment with my partner and a cat. I can't wait to play Tears of the Kingdom. A lot can change in six years. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All of MinMax, that's that's pretty different. I was kind of in the same exact spot, weirdly. I'd like circle back around. Yeah, you're still a Game Informer. Russian to get Breath of the Wild review ready to go live. Oh, <laughs> after sticking so much time to it, and now I'm back at Game Informer, rushing to get Tears of the Kingdom review done after spending so much time. But, but genuinely, Kyle, do you feel like emotionally you're a much better, healthier person than you were six years ago? Or is that also 
So I, I do. Yeah, I think I have okay. a much better relationship with work uh, six years later, for sure. That just means less? That me- Yeah, yes. And, and like doing it like the right amount, where in six years ago, I would have been all in uh, way too much to to a to a detriment where right. now i have a much healthier relationship until tears of the kingdom comes out and i stay up till 4 a.m every night because right. i just freaking love that game so much and you proclaimed <laughs> earlier in the episode every other part of your life has to has to suffer at this point for tears <laughs> of the kingdom. i get it i get it leo where were you at six years ago i just started at game informer oh really at, at the end of may of that year i remember being like you know i'm not gonna afford a switch right now that's fine but then yeah, in the course of a couple weeks going from, hey, we might have a job for you at Game Informer to actually starting there. With my first paycheck, I bought a Switch in Breath of the Wild. Oh, that's nice. Did I ever tell you that story of when former video editor at Game Informer, Wade Wojcik, was announcing he was leaving? He was a sentence and a half into his goodbye speech to everybody in a stand-up meeting, and then Jeff Cork um, looked at me and he's like, Leo Vader, hire Leo Vader. <laughs> it's like already like <laughs> pushing for the other. Like, you were such a shoe in. It was like, all right, there's, there's no trade here. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, Jenna, where were you at six years ago? Six years ago, I was living in the Seattle area. I was working at a university uh, doing this job that probably none of you guys have heard of called instructional technologist. What? Uh, and my job is, it's very in line into, it's a straight, straight line to what I'm doing now, which is uh, I was teaching basically, uh, I was working at a university teaching staff and professors and students how to make digital media. So I was teaching them like how to use cameras and how to use Premiere and Photoshop and stuff. So it's, uh, I didn't own a Switch. I didn't buy a Switch until I got uh, employed at Polygon. And I was like, oh, I have to play more games now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, step up, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Logan writes in and says, Hey, Ben in the Horts. Um, oh, by the way, Jenna. Um, so people write in, we got to give you all this, uh, deep lore from NMAX. People write in yeah. and call us computer loving cohorts or, co- or cohorts in general. Um, and it's a deep cut, but it's my hometown wrote a newspaper article when I launched MinMax and they had a picture of us like at the podcast table. Um, and they ran in the newspaper and then they wrote on the bottom, Ben and his computer loving cohorts. And we're like, what? <laughs> that's the weirdest oh. way to phrase that. So that's, oh, that's why it's I always. I believe they wrote that in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So they say, Hey, Ben and the cohorts. Uh, there isn't a millennial alive that can hear the word <clears throat> commiserating without repeating it in their head. Blink 182 style. Commiserating. Oh, I see. Uh, I'm the. I, I. I think it's safe to say I'm the biggest Blink 182 fan on this panel, and I didn't even really. Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can skip. I don't the, really like that the, song, though. Okay. It's a very like hipster Blink 182 opinion. Yeah. But I don't like that <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris Logan, I'm sorry that you tried to write in, but you should feel bad, and we're moving on. No. <laughs> sorry, uh, Chris. No, Logan. but then they say, "What are some words?" Maybe are f- the next question will be the question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are some words or phrases that you associate with a song or a line from a movie or a game that you can't help but repeat in a very specific way every time you hear it? No, my go-to is uh, is one of my favorite movies. It's called Coma. It's like a 70s sci-fi, medical sci-fi movie. Wait, it's extremely did, good. did Quentin Tarantino just cover that on their podcast? Do you listen to that podcast by chance? No. I think they covered Coma not too long ago. Oh, did they? I yeah. mean, it's great. It's based on a book uh, by Robin Cook, who would go on to write like Outbreak and like a, a billion sci-fi, sci-fi medical mystery dramas. Um, this is one of his really early books and one of the really early adaptations of one of his books. 
Um, but it, it's it's great. It's about this mystery in a hospital about a bunch of people who are seemingly healthy, but uh, die suddenly of organ failure and then their bodies disappear. And there's just one doctor who's like, well, what is that? This is not normal. <laughs> somebody do something. But the the opening sequence has somebody um, basically like they've put them under and they're they're going through it and they're starting to die. And then the, the scene culminates with the, the anesthetician um, like pulling their eyelid open and putting the light over it and he goes the pupils the pupils <laughs> they're dilated like they're they are brain dead but the way he says the pupils it just kills me every time <laughs> that's just baked into your brain well hundo this i feel like this is embarrassing i i know we all liked it at some point now i feel like i need to apologize because um it's i think i don't know culturally where we're at with it but like man i have stupid hamilton lines in my head <laughs> All the damn time. Like just yeah, yesterday, literally, like, you know, uh, I was playing a game with my wife and I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a beer. She goes, it must be nice because, you know, she's pregnant. And then I was like, eh, to have Washington on your side. Like, I just I it's I feel like I'm quoting Hamilton all the time. And it, I feel guilt about it because I think it's really uncool. Does she like <laughs> Hamilton? Yeah, she loves Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, if she didn't like Hamilton. You would have been done after that interaction. Right. I understand. I understand Two big that. L's back to back. Yeah. She's like, look, I'm eight and a half months pregnant, but I, I got to go. <laughs> yep. I get it. There's a Teen Titans Go episode that has a song about the superhero with incredible legs. And they have this song and it just goes, look at those legs. Look <laughs> at those legs. They're amazing. Like that's kind of the tenor of the song. So anytime we say anything in the house, that's look at the look at those blank. Right. Or look at that. Look. Oh, look at that dog. Look at that dog. It's amazing. Like, that's how we have to follow it up every time. So. That's good. Uh, Mark Polly writes in, or Polly. They say, good day, y'all. This one's been bugging me for years. In most horror games, you will fight a boss, and after taking some damage, the boss will transform into some grotesque monster with flailing limbs and tendons. Do you think this is a one-way process, or can they revert somehow? It's quite a commitment, don't you think? What if they had dinner plans? That's great. Question. I mean, they never live, though, so it's never come up, I guess. Yeah. This, yeah. Would, this would be the great premise for a game is like it's a boss who has to transform into some monstrosity to defeat <laughs> the little human. But then they win. And then it's the rest of their life is like, oh, God, just like <laughs> Salazar and Resident Evil 4. Where like, oh, I'm so weird now. I hate <laughs> it. None of my outfits match anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear hats. This is the worst. <laughs> just a stupid little hat on his huge form <laughs> yeah there it is mark there's your answer uh hello jenna and the cohorts uh i know miss steber has mentioned multiple times her deep love for the 1973 film the wicker man we get it we get it uh but it got me thinking about that sort of paranoid folk horror in games outside of a few examples like mundan oh that's like that mm -hmm. swedish game yeah so good um it seems underrepresented as a game topic is that due to the genre being less popular in films these days or is there something unique about the subgenre of paranoid folk horror that you all feel makes it harder to turn into an interactive experience think there's anything essential about that i mean aren't there are a lot of like folk horror themed hidden role games like, if you mm. think about, like, Werewolf, what is Werewolf okay. but a folk horror hidden, like, mm. the paranoia game? Like, yeah. that, is what that, that is what that game is. Like, Town of Salem, that's that's what all of these games are. So I do think that they exist. 
uh, rare as first person or as singular games like Mundown, where you're single player, but also um, the excavation of Hobbs Barrow is just like a, a Wicker Man, the game almost kind of vibe to it, where it's just very much this thing. So I think they, I think it's more extant than you might realize. I I don't understand subgenres of horror very well, but like, is the village for Resident Evil Four? Is that like a flavor of folk horror? Arguably. Okay. Maybe yeah, I do understand played, it perfectly. I don't know much about it, but this game Pathologic. Do you know about that game, Jenna? I'm familiar with it. I haven't played much. Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of the first one when the second one was about to come out. But Okay. Yeah, I, I just wonder if that fits. Because aren't you like a doctor in like an old town or something like that? I don't yeah. Yeah. I noticed the game that Jacob Keller. Yeah, sorry, we don't. It's kind of like, yeah, we kind of know about it. It's not the best yeah. discussion, but for the for the for the person who wrote in the question, maybe maybe look up Pathologic. Maybe that might I mean, be what you're looking for. A core a core aspect of full core is that you are an outsider coming into a a a community or an established place or a village. So okay. like that that is like the core component of full core, and I feel like. Full, full core disappeared for a really long time and is just kind of now having a resurgence partially because of like midsummer uh, uh, okay. and arguably because of some other <laughs> American aspects of our culture of high division in communities. How do I mm. say this as gently as possible? Um, but they become, become ever more um, divisive, I think. And, and also, but more, the political <laughs> no um, uh, we'll just say that that we're in you a can weird speak American your mind jenna <laughs> you can talk you can <laughs> no, talk like a human I don't being get into it. that's not what we're here for but, but there there is there there are i think cultural aspects that are leading to full core making a resurgence it's that idea of just kind of in a society where othering is becoming bigger and bigger and kind of othering other communities that idea of like the horror feels more real of like what if you dropped yourself into this subset community say necessarily othering i think othering in its own weird way is sort of dissipating but we we are in a a particular place in our cultural moment (laughs) where people believe more ardently than ever the things that they believe and are part of stronger communities than ever but also it's very easy to accidentally on the internet stumble upon those communities and get served like a tiktok for example that espouses ideas and beliefs that you cannot even fathom are real right Uh, that goes both ways it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are the the ease with which we can stumble into these communities is creating this new anxiety about like the <laughs> the delicate nature of our own beliefs and our own communities and and the ways in which our communities create and and reinforce our beliefs. But that thing is happening for everybody. Right. Does that right. makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So it's it's yeah. on the rise again for this type of storytelling. That's interesting. Um, Paulo writes and says, "Hello, Jenna, and I guess the rest of the crew, or whatever. Um, can you sell the Minmax community on Demon School? This is all right." softball of the century jenna here you go (laughs) yes thank you for asking um so right now before i start with the min max group i'm working for necrosoft games who are the people making demon school uh and i wanted to talk about it not necessarily in my role as doing marketing for them um but because i think it's just like genuinely a great game it is a tactics game uh, tactical, tactical RPG, and we already talked about Persona and Shin Megami Tensei. It is heavily based on like Shin Megami Tensei. The devs are huge, huge fans. 
So the the vibes are there if you are into that sort of thing. But it's spooky. So it's based on a lot of like gallo horror movies like Suspiria, um, Demoni, Zombie 2, if you are fans of those sorts of things. Uh, just like vibrant, super saturated colors. Uh, and it's just really, really fun. Uh, it's an incredibly good game that I think everyone should play. I have the benefit of seeing stuff in the back end that you guys haven't seen yet that is so cool so fun if you like tactical rpgs then you're gonna love how how in depth the combat is if you've never played a tactical rpg before i think you'll still like it because it's very streamlined and i think it's really easy to understand how to do all the the fun tactical stuff yeah uh it's been in development for forever but i've heard from other people who have played like our demo which is available now until may 15th um that they, it has a lot of similar vibes to Into the Breach. So if you're mm. a fan of Into the Breach or Shin Megami Tensei, Ooh. yeah, right? Yes. Uh, then when, you're yes. going to be super into this. When's it coming out? Uh, it's coming out later this year. We don't have a hard release date, but it'll come okay. out in 2023. But like I said, we have a demo out now. So if anything I just said appeals to you, check out the demo. Um, it's up on Steam. It's Demon School, one word. If you search it for two words, for some reason, Steam will not show you the game. But it's Demon School. That's infuriating. <laughs> oh, God. the worst. But yeah. the demo's out until May 15th, so you can hop in and play it and wishlist us while you're on Steam. Is it the closest you've ever been to a game's development then? The most kind of embedded or involved? Yeah, I mean, I'm in it. I'm there. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. it. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, yeah. Apollo also asks, was it hard jumping into your role at the tail end of Hyper Gunsport, given the crazy development cycle for that title as well? Yeah, a little bit because that was self-published. And so that came with sort of different challenges from a marketing perspective because we didn't have like a publisher to to retweet all of our tweets and stuff like that. Um, We've got a great publisher for Demon School. Thank God. uh, Isbrid is our our publisher. They're incredible. Uh, They're also putting out a World of Horror. You guys have heard of World of Horror? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, uh-uh. you guys got to play World of Horror, too. It's a Junji Ito-inspired um, horror RPG. The art, it's all pixel art. It's incredible. Um, huh. and that should have, like, an official release, I think, think really soon. It's been in early access for forever. This is your horror drop. You got to play World of Horror, and you've got to play Demon School. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, that's interesting. I feel like, you know, from the outside, it seems like most people are trending towards, like, publishers. Do we need them? But it's interesting you have two experiences back-to-back where you're like, Hey, everybody, you kind of need some sort of publisher. They can be small and reasonable, but it helps a lot. It does. If you have a good publisher, this is, I mean, part of the reason why I think a lot of studios are backing away from publishers and trying to self-publish is that um, there's a lot of bad publishers out there and a lot of people are are getting burnt uh, and then being like, well, we can do it ourselves. And like, I think, I think that might be true for a lot of these studios. We'll see. I mean, we did. We we got Hyper Gunsport. It's out there. You can buy it. If you like a volleyball-based gun game, <laughs> then you can just get it. There it is. Uh, oh, Adam Rostin writes in saying, Hello, I'm so glad Jenna's on the podcast, especially since she's the coolest person at Necrosoft. Everyone play the Demon School demo available until May 14th. Interesting how this works. Um, (laughs) I really enjoyed Jenna's experiment with her hour-long video highlighting YouTube's flawed system for what picks up traffic. Leah, did you see that? Yes. Uh, Can you you explain (laughs) it, Jenna? Yeah. So um, 
and YouTube's algorithm favors really long videos, um, usually around like I think around like the 40 minute mark and above the algorithm will uh, share more actively. And that is the way that you find your audience on YouTube. Basically, there's a certain point in which you don't have to worry about the algorithm as much because you're just a big giant YouTuber and you've got 12 million followers and you can just put whatever you want out there and your audience will find it. But for the most part, especially for smaller YouTubers like me, who who I've just very recently launched my my video essay YouTube channel, you have to find a way to get the algorithm to work to you. And so this video was about, it's, it's called this video is only nine minutes long, even though it's about an hour long. And the, the core concept is basically like YouTube is going to boost this video because it's over an hour long and the content that I have added in it is the same amount as all my other YouTube videos but the rest of my YouTube videos aren't going to get boosted like this one is and so it's sort of talking about as a creator and I'm certain you all have thoughts on this as well that I would love to hear about it's like as a content creator you have to compromise kind of what you want to make with how you engage with the algorithm and get the algorithm to notice you. So this was my compromise, co- compromise slash trick to get a lot of views <laughs> to make a, a video that seemed like it was over. It was seemed like it was an hour long and it worked. It got over a hundred thousand views. It's still trucking. That's the wild part is how well it worked. And yeah, I yeah. think in some meeting I was talking to you about it and you kind of freaked me out a little bit where you're like, well, I mean, I think everyone knows like how to get a lot of views on YouTube. It's just a matter of like, do you want to do that? And at this moment, deep within my soul, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I know how to do that. I feel like it's just a lucky lightning strike every time it kind of happens and we're picked up in the big algorithm. Like you, I think you do. Like you, if you want to scrape the bottom of the barrel and do the fucking most obnoxious, sorry, cursing. If you want to do the most obnoxious content, like you, you do in your heart know how to get popular on YouTube. You just have too much dignity and self-respect to do it. (laughs) And once you turn into that monster, you can't turn back as we learned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going back. I'm just, I'm all in. Yep. Wearing the hat. Uh, Yeah. If if Leo's experience is any indication, if you make a video commenting on the YouTube algorithm, the follow-up video becomes your big hit that skyrockets you, right, Leo? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think both experiments prove the algorithm's really (laughs) self-conscious. When you're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to explain, and I know I'm probably going to get some stuff wrong, but I think I was talking to Jenna about it in that meeting about, like, my memory of it, Leo, is, yeah, you made that video about the YouTube algorithm, and then I think at the end of the video, you were like, I don't know, maybe I'll make a video that's just called, are the characters, and now you see me, wizards or what, (laughs) right? And then you use that exact headline, and then that's the one that blew up your channel to the stratosphere. Yeah, it was like a joke in the middle of the video of, like, talking to the algorithm, asking if if I made a video about that wizard movie from 10 years ago that nobody talks about, would it do well? Yeah. And then <laughs> how many views is that at right now? It's so much funnier that it totally did. I it know. Just, uh, Cause, Cause how many views is the wizard one at? 3 million. Jesus amazing. Christ. I'm proud of you, Leo. Oh, thanks man. How do you feel about that? Good. <laughs> yes, okay. Good. All right. It's unequivocally good. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, it is, I think you're right that you know what is going to be successful. And I think it is different things for different channels. Like me being a video essay channel, it is like, yeah, I probably could do an hour and a half one. uh, And maybe that would take off. 
But I found like that format of like asking a weird question about a movie we all know, but isn't like super represented in essay format. That becomes like every once in a while I go, I should make one of those to extend my reach a little bit again. And so I have done that kind of format again. And that was a cool way to to find that and have it be that marriage of like something I do want to do, but is a little bit meeting the algorithm where it's at, like but just not selling out totally. I think that's that's the key to being a content creator is like you've got to feed the algorithm, but you also got to feed yourself because if you're just feeding the algorithm, you are going to burn out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So Adam's question, they say, how do you all feel about subverting expectations around content? What else would you all respectively like to make that goes against the grain? Like Jenna's video about the the long YouTube video. (laughs) I mean, I... I've talked about this too a couple times, Ben. I actually really like uh, like around six minutes. A highly edited six minute video is like my safe zone. But like, <laughs> I, I guess I'm like maybe unique in that sense. Like a lot of people will see that and be like, ah, it's too short. I won't even engage. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know if that's the case. I, donkey I was... length is what, it's kind of what I refer to it as. <laughs> donkey know? is a unit of time at this point. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about you, Kyle, um, because yeah, I, we me and Ronnie streamed all of Resident Evil 3 remake and I took time codes for like all the, what I thought were the funniest moments and I had them all cut up just to make clips and stuff for social. Um, and then I was like, you know, I have just like highlights in the timeline right now. I could just export this and say, here's the highlights from a Resident Evil 3 stream. Then I was like, it's just, it's 70% us daring each other to eat stupid green herbs mm. mixed with other food and like just gross out stuff. I'm like, if someone great. Clip- send it to me. Don't even upload it. Just okay. Well, you technically inbox. will get it. If you just look at all of the tweets that I have about Resident Evil okay. three remake, <laughs> you know, you can kind of cobble it together. And it's like, we kind of save that for the end of the year highlight thing anyway. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. On, on subverting expectations with content. I think that's something I've played with a lot in the past at like games are dumb and for kids of, straight up lying in the headline. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And then it's like a parody video. It pitches itself as a real thing. And then it's like, you know, like a Pokemon Go preview. That's just like me walking around outside looking at my phone and you never see the gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And, and <laughs> it was fun and funny and it made me laugh a lot. But more so when I think about doing that kind of thing again on my current channel, it's like, I don't I I want people to know what they're getting on some level. Like, I don't want to disrespect the people who like me and want to see. They see that I'm pitching this thing to them and like, oh, great. Leo wants me to see this thing. And then it's like, oh, jokes on you for for wanting that. How dare you be engaged? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So finding that sweet spot of like ways to make a headline appealing without it of being like a joke that you don't find out as a joke until later. That's, right. that's probably specific to me, but that's what I've learned. No, we were talking about just on party chat today, actually with Haley McLean, but somebody from the community was asking about like the content that weirdly I'm most proud of at Max. And I was talking about that story. Like, I don't think this is number one, but I do like it. But I was talking to you, Leo, I think about, you know, we got that opportunity to go out to uh, California for that preview of one piece odyssey, that RPG. Um, and it was like, yeah, maybe. But like, but the preview event's going to be on this boat that's the world's oldest still functioning uh, sail sailing ship. And I, I think I was talking to you, Leo. I'm like, I think it'd be funny to go out there and do that preview, but then just make a video and it's all just about that cool old boat. And so then I remember, I think he said like, you know, wouldn't it be cool just like have a video go up on your YouTube channel that was just called Check Out This Boat? And then I eventually mm-hmm. did that and then went out and talked to the guy who like slept on that boat 
and then just release that as a video on your YouTube channel. And I think that video, check out this boat, did better than the One Piece audio, which or One Piece <laughs> Odyssey like video preview that I also made as like a separate thing. So it's like I guess that level of like subtle surprise I'm very into. And I feel like I feel like we could be doing more at Minmax on my end of like just those weird out of left field surprises. I feel like most things on our channel yeah. now, it's like you kind of get the idea. New Show Plus, I guess, is kind of the avenue for that. But like we have um we have a community event going all month, Jenna, that's called Doc Lightning, where we're uh, encouraging people in the community to make just a super short documentary. Just like use their phone, cut it together. It can be sloppy. It needs to be under three minutes. So everyone that's- can do it. Um, and so like, that's something that I'm really excited about. Just like everybody else's, I want to see what they do, but then also for mine, we're going to have a big stream and run them all back to back. But then I also want to upload mine separately. And I, I'm very excited because I want to keep it secret, but I guarantee you, nobody could guess the topic of this little documentary that I'm making, but I'm so into it. Cause it's just dorky and filled with passion, but in a field that you never thought about before. And so like, I think, I think there's still that level of surprise we could do at MinMax, at least, if I'm excited about this weird documentary just blasting out someday. Yeah. Cool. And the boat video, too, I, I think is, like, right in the sweet spot where it's, like, when the community's in on the joke, then it's fun for everybody. Right. And it's, like, totally engaging a cool idea for content. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about fun ways of covering PAX East because, like, I, I did was doing PR for for Necrosoft Games and showing people Demon School. In fact, I showed Janet Garcia Demon's. Oh, that's right. She enjoyed it, so let that be a recommendation secondhand <laughs> from her. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about because there's just so many press people come and just kind of take the same photographs of the same things over and over again, and I was thinking like, how would I want to cover a PAX? in a way that I would think is interesting and useful and good service journalism. And I was like, I would want to, re- I would want to review the food trucks. Yeah. <laughs> to me about the idea of going and playing a hundred games at PAX and then just reviewing the food trucks. Yeah. Yep. That's a great idea. No, I love it. Like, you know, it would be uh, helpful. Yeah, they're easy. not all good. <laughs> <laughs> I always love easy allies uh, at E3. Maybe it's even the game trailers days. I forget, but they would just have carpet reviews. And they'd be reviewing every <laughs> publisher's carpet at E3, like that artificial carpet that they put down just to measure and compare and see who has the best carpet. God, that's such a smart idea. That's really good. Uh, Mick Manga writes in, by the way, Kyle, I had a really good idea for Game Informer video content that we should have done about uh, 15 years ago. So I don't know if you can still make it work anyway. But yep. I was thinking like, you know, why, why wasn't this a show? What, what were we doing? But like, because I, I think I was just watching one of those Criterion Collection videos or something where it's just like, a director in like um, a place with a bunch of movies, like all the collections, basically like a rental house, that type of thing. Oh, uh, I know exactly where you're getting at. And I have had this idea too and absolutely agree with you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why? Because we would have so many developers come through Game Informer and we had a vault of like every game ever made and they would walk in and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, I got, is this here? Is this here? Oh, I worked on this game. And it's like, that's the show, Jerry. Like, what were we doing? Not recording these developers wandering through yeah, the vault. We'll get like a photograph. Hey, pick a game. We'll get a photo of you to put in the magazine. It's like, no, we should we should have filmed that whole thing. Yeah. But, photos yeah. are big right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're pivoting the photos. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mick. Hey, you were the video guy. I, I met no. Yeah, here. I was busy. Um, maybe I even had the idea, but it was just a matter of like, I can't fit this into a schedule. But also it's just like, I was probably worried about just audio and like wireless mic technology has elevated to such a new plateau now that those wireless mics we had at Game Informer were barely usable. I mean, then every time I asked about a video budget, people looked at me like I was 
talking about faking the moon landing. Anyway, so Adam <laughs> Rosden wrote in and they say, oh, I'm sorry, Mick Manga wrote in. They say, hi, Min Max. Uh, simple question, but what game soundtrack do you think you've listened to the most? Last so here- of Us. Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, of course, Last of Us. I used to, I, I wrote a paper on that when I was in grad school. And uh, I would listen to the soundtrack while writing the paper to kind of keep the vibes up. And then after I was done with that paper, I was like, actually, the soundtrack is just, it's its perfect length. And yeah. there is a, a really piercing violin uh, part like halfway through so it's like it's like a built-in pomodoro sequence where you 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 work for like 30 minutes then there's this horrible piercing violin section that really snaps you out of whatever you're doing and then there's like another 20 minutes after that it's perfect that's right just like the bird in citizen kane which you talked about in your jump scare video on your there channel you mm-hmm. um, yeah like outside of the game i think is kind of what mick's going for here yeah because it's like well it doesn't count if i've heard like the final season battle music a bunch of whatever but SimCity 2013 is probably the soundtrack I've listened to the most, which I understand the game has its uh, downsides, but that soundtrack is still so good to the point that, you know, the intro music for MinMax is Chris Tilton, the same composer. Like, I only want one person to compose the intro to MinMax's show, and it's the person who made the soundtrack to SimCity 2013. Uh, Vibes of the soundtrack. Like, what kind of music is it? Um, Uplifting progressing music yeah it's kind of it, you know it, orchestral orchestral building layering i guess is the easy thing and there's probably i think what john cage was a big influence i remember at some point at e3 i remember picking chris's brain for a long time like write down every person who influenced you in that soundtrack because i want to go back and listen to all their stuff but it turns out you don't need to because sim city 2013 just has the best soundtrack uh ever made so just stop there everybody oh if i never used it in a video i'm downloading it right now. oh my god please do uh, mine's uh, Scott Pilgrim, better soundtrack than the game. Okay, yep. Anamanaguchi, uh, and, right? And the original Super Meat Boy soundtrack. Yeah. Loop that sucker. And then Sword Brother, or was it the Brother Sword and Sorcery? Yes. Uh, I've yes. actually never finished that game, but I've listened to the soundtrack a ton. Yeah, just Sword and Sorcery, Sword and Sorcery from the Super, Super Brothers. Brothers, right? Right, yeah, right. right. The creators of Jet, the Far Shore. Another good soundtrack. Leo, what do you got? Uh, Streets of Rogue, I guess. Okay. Hey, you're fine, man. Don't be defeated. You're doing good. I have an instrumental playlist that I listen to when I want to listen to work without words, but it doesn't have a lot of game music on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sly Cut writes Oh, I'm in. sorry. Donkey Kong Country. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> uh, yep. That was... Mick says, for me, Dang it's either Chrono Cross or Donkey Kong Country. Yep, there we go. Uh, Sly Cut says, hey, do you think podcasts will always be called podcasts? The word podcast was coined in 2004, combining the words iPod and broadcast. Before that, podcasts were usually called audio blogs. No. <laughs> With the evolution of cell phones, iPods aren't really popular today, but the term podcast is stuck anyway. Will they still be calling them podcasts 100 years from now? Yeah, I think so. We still call TV yeah. shows TV shows. I mean, well, I guess that's a fair. Yeah, I always liked in. Um, oh, what is that book that the Wachowskis made into the movie? Uh, Cloud Keep Atlas. Dirt. I always liked in Cloud Atlas and like the future stuff. They always called movies Disney's like lowercase d disney's i was like that's that feels no. right that feels yeah. like where I we're mean, going you, you raise an interesting point because there is a there is a moment where movies could have been called talkies right right <laughs> right when that transition between when they were just moving images yeah. into being audio audio things there we could be calling them talkies now i don't True. know but it's been so long i feel like podcasts are just podcasts now yeah. we should call podcasts talkies 
Oh my we god. Could do that. Oh, damn it. Take it right. back. Take talk back. <laughs> From the movies. <laughs> Podcast killed the movie star. Please. Uh Evan Watson wrote in and says, Hey, Min Max Show. Uh, first time, long time. I know the team is full of blankies. Um, a lot of us really like the Blank Check podcast, the movie podcast. Okay. Um, so my question, but they talk about Star Wars a lot, so you wouldn't like it. Um, so my question comes from the shared fandom. I slept on the Steve Jobs movie when it was released, but finally watched it for the podcast for Blank Check. Uh, that screening led to my first audiobook, the full Walter Isaacson biography of Steve Jobs. And it was really compelling. I highly recommend it. Uh, my takeaway from the Jobs book um, is a good biography isn't just about the impact of the subject, but they must be a compelling character. And something I learned about Steve Jobs is that he cried in a lot of meetings. I love that. Uh, are there any biographies you recommend or want to read slash have be written? Oh, this is, this is a big one, but. Oh, imagined bi- biographies? No, but they say, are there any biographies you recommend? First part of the question. Most important part of the question, perhaps. Sure. I don't really read a lot of biographies. I don't know if I, I've in ever fact, read to the point where I'm like, really? I don't know that I've ever sat down and read one. Oh, I like yeah. my God. essayists. Like I like Sedaris type stuff. Right. You know, yeah. But I I love biographies. biographies. Like um, Me too. I think the first like big one that I read was I think also Walter Isaacson has a Einstein biography. I was like, this is the best. Just to spend like weeks living somebody's life and just knowing all their ups and downs. And so yeah, I went on a Big old spree for a long time, but what jumps to your mind, Leo? I, I thought I wouldn't like biographies because in general, I was like, whenever I would read, I'd go, why would I read nonfiction? That's like school. And I don't <laughs> like school. <laughs> but it turns out it's really interesting to get that kind of, I guess I like autobiographies more. I get I get that mm. uh, perspective on someone's life. Biography I really like is The Man Who Heard Voices, which is about yes. M. Night Shyamalan making uh, Lady in the Water. Yes. It's, it's well, a that- really intimate portrayal of that whole path of varying levels of like confidence in that movie as it was being made it's really fascinating dude i love that book i think about that book all the time just because it's like yeah less a biography but more just like zooming in and he had like an outside reporter just chronicle the entire development of that one movie but i always think of it because there's that part where he has like the entire cast and crew ready to film lady in the water and he's like well the main inspiration for this movie and kind of the vibe is wizard of oz i think it was and so he invited the cast and crew to like a screening of Wizard of Oz. And he said that only like 15 people showed up. And it's like, in retrospect, maybe that was a sign that like people are super eager to go revisit this type of movie. Yeah. Uh, the other one I like is that, that I read recently was Scenes from My Life, the Michael K. Williams autobiography, mm. who played Omar on The Wire. Oh, yeah. Really fascinating, really well written. Just like really makes you root for the power of art, the transformative power of making something. Huh. It's really inspirational that way. And a really, really intimate, uh, nothing held back. Look at, uh, you know, addiction, tough topics like that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's timely now, but, uh, one of my favorite biographies too, is the Oppenheimer biography. I think like Kai bird, uh, wrote it, but it's now, I guess what is directly being adapted for, uh, the big new movie coming out in July. Is that one that's coming out, Kyle? Yeah. Okay. I just know it's the same day as Barbie. Right? Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. So people have to choose if they love Greta Gerwig or Christopher Nolan more. And that's no choice. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm going, oh God, I haven't thought about this personally because like I'm really invested in Oppenheimer more than Nolan, but Greta Double Gerwig. Feature Double feature yeah. it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing Barbie first, uh, that's, yeah. but I, I'm super excited for Oppenheimer as well. Yeah, I, I can't oh. wait. Uh, so that biography is good. 
Also, uh, Chernow's biography of uh, Ulysses S. Grant was something I'm like, I don't know. Civil War is kind of interesting that I read that. I'm like, oh, God. I I now get the weird old people who are obsessed <laughs> with, like, reenacting Civil War fights and, like, mapping that stuff out. Because, like, if you dive into it, it is fascinating to think about supply lines and all this stuff. Um, anyways, uh, Um Ryan writes in and says, I had a personal epiphany around the age of 13 that I still think holds true today. Over 20 years later, I don't think there's been a day in my life where I haven't heard a single song or a piece of music. Has anybody yeah. else had a day where you think you've never heard a song or music? I go camping a lot and sometimes you're just out in the woods and it's just, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> now, yeah. do you ever whistle? Would that do count? I ever whistle? <laughs> I don't know if I would whistle if I were like camping um although do bird songs count great question what do we know the words to it to bird songs yeah (laughs) by the way hey i'm a bird i'm a bird i'm looking for (laughs) the opposite gender okay honestly if you're listening to this if you're one of those songwriters out there you have a biologically tested proven hit just take bird songs and add lyrics to them, you idiots. At least with the female bird community. Yeah. <laughs> Just swarm your house. Yeah, barricade the window like it's a Hitchcock film. Uh, you're going to need to. It's going to get ugly out there. Um, okay. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could see myself maybe like intros to podcasts. Like that song I would have heard. Because there's probably days where I haven't heard music, but still have listened to 300 podcasts or something. So if that counts, then I, I'm probably out. I, I feel like, yeah, just probability wise, odds are one day you accidentally didn't. Right, right. All right. There it is, everybody. Jenna, I hope you were taking notes. Uh, <laughs> what is the question of the week? Who wins the prize for my mate bit? Oh, the question of the week. Um... No filibustering. <laughs> We have a lot of no, no, no filibustering. <laughs> he said, this guy says no filibustering. Uh-huh, well, uh-huh. I have some thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, it was one of the early ones and now I'm blanking on which one I it can was, refresh your memory. Um, it was, oh, I liked the line about, no, it was the, the question was about what is a song or word or a phrase that mm, comes, keeps coming back to you. Okay. Uh, the Blink-182 one. Solid, solid. <laughs> if you want, yeah, yes, commiserating. Uh, I think that's just a, a, fun, a real fun party question. I'm going to throw out some other ones. Not By the way, it's pronounced commiserating. That's how it's pronounced. That's right. That's Merriam-Webster <laughs> defines it. Uh, <laughs> defines it? Uh, let's see. Uh, people not being hyped for the games coming out this year. Questioning if we still get hyped. I like that. Um, I like that the, oh, people transforming in... Uh, horror games can they transform back paranoid folk horror um, that's a great question Adam asking about content subverting expectations that was a good one but again Jenna it's, you get the final call no I think the hype one is the one I was thinking about because it made me happy <laughs> it made me happy and so I liked the question so the question is do you still get hype yeah All right. I brought back positive emotions there we go congratulations shimmy neutron which i believe is your christian name uh, i am ape it will ship out a big prize to you uh now it's time for a segment that i forgot to remind jenna about called get a load of this <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a jingle playing right now okay 
Um, this is where we share a little factoid, something that struck us as interesting. Jenna, feel free to sit this out. Zero pressure. You can sit back in your chair because I forgot to remind you about it. But this is, we share like a tweet, something from the world of gaming or beyond. That's like, oh, that's an interesting little something to think about. Kyle, show her how it's done, man. Sure. Uh, well, real quick, man, is it a huge pain to like send you a YouTube link to like t- funnel in the audio or is it no, like... No, it's doable. Where's, where's the it's best like, way to send it to you? It's like stubbing my toe levels of pain. Um, Can I send Slack. You on Slack? Is that okay? Slack would be great. Okay. Do you need to set this thing up ahead of time? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can even just start playing it. It's, it, I, it's uh, Hey, get a load of this. I stumbled across this. I, this thing, I guess, has been around forever, but I'd never seen it and I thought it was really awesome. Uh, where someone takes the Mario 64 sound font, I guess it's called. They use like all the Mario 64 sound effects and music capabilities to like cover songs. And uh, so someone covered uh, Radiohead's um, In uh, 15 Step like with oh. Mario 64 sound effects. And like I really loved it because it's just like it's it's like music I love, like but with a nostalgic lens of Mario 64. It's very strange. You can just kind of skip ahead to like the middle or something. Then you know, place together. They have there's, there's tons like that like of different of different songs and different artists and stuff. That's, weird. that's cool. There's a link below for all this stuff if you're interested. Um, mine's weird, uh, but hey, get a lot of this. Um, I recently visited the Spam Museum in Austin, Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, the home of Hormel Foods, of course, as everybody knows. Um, Leon, ben Reeves suggested that place to me. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> because you're a big fan of Spam, or you just thought you would love museums. Uh, I don't know. He said he went with his wife and had fun. Oh, funny. I got to talk to him about it. Uh, it. It is. Yeah, I liked it. It was interesting. And like, it's something that I had never really thought about before, but just the idea. And they talk about it a little bit uh, throughout the museum of just like the idea of spam. It's a, it's a product. It's like a registered trademark product. And then spam just became a default word for every terrible email that you get. <laughs> and so like, it's such a weird idea for this company, Hormel Foods, just to be like, do we fight this <laughs> do we try like imagine if it was just like every terrible email you got was called a big mac like mcdonald's would have something to say about that legally right <laughs> but apparently hormel foods at a certain point um they posted on their official site um hormel foods uh says it's no longer it no longer objects to the use of the word spam to denote unwanted commercial emails, provided that the email version is spelled spam, all lowercase, and is not accompanied by depictions of the food manufacturer's distinctive blue and yellow can. So <laughs> it's all good, apparently, after a long fight. But apparently there's an article from Bloomberg.com where they say that uh, within Hormel, you can't call it spam for emails. You have to call them unwanted emails. They force them to do that. <laughs> all right, they should find out who their biggest competitor is and try to rebrand right, spam as right. that thing. Does spam have any competitors? No, because it's just so singularly perfect in Corned its own way. Beef. Okay, take those asshats down a peg. Absolutely. Uh, tuna? Mm-hmm. Other canned meats. But apparently it was... I got all this tuna in my inbox. But I guess like the email thing spam came from... I guess they mainly cited whoever came up with it originally. Who knows? But they originally cited like the Monty Python bit where it's like, oh, spam everywhere. I don't like spam, like all that stuff. So it's like, well, we were referencing Monty Python, not the food. But it's like, well, Monty Python was referencing the food. So that doesn't count. (laughs) Enough about spam. Uh, Leo, do you have one? Who haven't we hit yet? Not a good one. Oh, Leo. Get a load of this. It's an orangutan driving a go-kart. It's a video called (laughs) Driving to the Banana Store. (laughs) 
<laughs> he looks great. He's chilling. <laughs> yeah. He don't want to on the wheel. The top comment is, at this point, I'm convinced they don't talk just because they don't want to pay taxes. <laughs> that should be question of the week somehow. Yeah, give it to That's Leo. Great. Come on, everybody. Uh, hey, get a load of this from the community. There's a whole Discord channel, which is, it's just good Twitter. Uh, basically, it's what the Discord channel is in the MinMax community Discord. Um, but uh, Forrest L shared this tweet from Mark Frost, who's the co-creator of Twin Peaks, apparently. And he was retweeting somebody about Link's Awakening. And he said, anybody ever played this? I met with them about it and gave them some ideas, but I never tried it myself. Where it's just a perfect level of like Nintendo history that they've never uncovered. Where it's like, wait, what? Nintendo? Wait, who is this? The co-creator of Twin Peaks met with Nintendo, yeah. apparently. Yeah, I'm gonna. Who? I want to find him. I'll talk to him. Like, let's do this. <laughs> it's hey, you know what? There's a link in the podcast description. Mark. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna seek him out. Because I'll talk to him about it. I, know, I played it. I'll let him know how it was. I know that Tezuka, like the director of Link's Awakening, cited Twin Peaks as a yeah, reference. Explicitly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea that. It was even more explicit than that. Who knows? But please, get to the bottom of it, Kyle, please. I will. All right, great. Jenna, if you have something, that's great. But I'm going to keep moving ahead. And if you don't, that's fine, too. No, I got one. I can can think of something. If you're on TikTok, uh, if you are not TikTok averse, there's an account I really, really like uh, called Mercury Stardust. And her tagline is the trans handy ma'am. Uh, and she does a lot of like hotel uh, apartment rental repair stuff. But she also, and relevant to what we've talked about, talks a lot about being a content creator on TikTok uh, and the uh, positives and negatives and volatility of such a thing. So I can't recommend her enough. Uh, her name's Mercury Stardust, and she's just great. Sweet. Links in the description for everybody. Uh, let's see. At MinMax this week on Monday, we released the long fabled pet documentary. We hit 24, sorry, 3,400 supporters on Patreon, thanks to everybody. And so we made uh, a little segment highlighting everybody's pets around MinMax and then cut them all together. And so it's a 22-minute video in total jumping around, but I think it's really sweet. Like, I had a lot of people, well, several people messaged me saying they, like, watched it with their whole family and they said, aww, for apparently 22 minutes straight. So Can I I tell you the biggest laugh it got from me and my family who could watch it together as well? Yeah, please is a leo segment it's like you know go here go to the patreon to see leo's 16 minute cut of this video i right. think it was right yeah and we're like oh that's that's sweet he really loves his pet he did a longer cut and then janet had the same thing on the bottom of the screen but it said go here to see the hour long cut. <laughs> <She filmed her laughs> that made us laugh so hard that yeah. she has an hour of footage of her cat. It's, it's very, it's very i'm thinking sweet. hamilton in my mind also kyle for that stuff it's like <laughs> she she films her cat like she's running out of time uh so janet Garcia does all this <laughs> And she says, just you wait, and then gives him a treat. <laughs> and then uh, she's in the room where it happened. No, Leo, cat. that's a great joke. That's a great joke. Don't Thanks, make man. me take back my laugh. I stand by that laugh. <laughs> uh, also, Thanks, reminder for everybody, uh, we have Trivia Tower coming up. The last episode ever? No, but for a couple months. So please jump in there and enjoy. Uh, it's going to be happening Tuesday, uh, May 16th at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, the co-host this time is Mary Kish, the wonderful Mary Kish. She somehow has never co-hosted Trivia Tower. So it'll be a fun episode. Jump in there. You can compete in game trivia to win a code for Resident Evil Village Gold Edition, Dead Island 2, Humanity, and a bunch of other games. We have a ton of codes to give away. So if you support MinMax on Patreon at the $2 tier, not only are you helping support us, uh, but you can also compete in game trivia, have a fun time, and then potentially win some great codes. Um, let's see. Also, on our YouTube channel, we have a new series for New Show Plus, of course, called Armored Cork, where it's 
Leo Vader and Jeff Cork and I in the Minmex studio, and we slowly convert Jeff Cork while he's playing Armored Core 4, Miyazaki's directorial debut, I might remind you. Um, we convert him into a mech using tinfoil, so it's a pretty <laughs> smart show. Check it out. Uh, also, Party Chatter bonus podcast. Don't forget about that. We talk about like behind the scenes of the going going behind the scenes of the pet documentary. We talk about kind of funny Phil Spencer interview, which I was really fascinated by. More thoughts about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, Konami teaming up with PlayStation for some hot exclusives, perhaps around the E three season. So if you want even more podcast content, you can go there. Unlock Party Chat and hell, unlock the podcast version of the Deepest Dive in one fell swoop. Also, reminder for everybody: we have a community meetup happening Friday, June second at 8 p.m. Central in Minneapolis. So it is within the Mall of America, Wisdom Gaming Studios. It's kind of like a esports thing in the Mall of America, level four. We're going to be there with the community. Uh, so you can check that out Friday, June 2nd, if you want to come say hello to us. Now, here's why in the official post about it, I was also like, don't fly in for this. We'll be there. But there's also a part where it's like, if there's a baby that comes before that, I will not be there. <laughs> but <laughs> sure, surely other people from Max will be there. So there's an asterisk on me, but uh, we're going to play some Smash Brothers. It'll be a fun time. There's more info on Patreon if you want to check that out and join us if you're in the Minneapolis area. Uh, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, in more ways than one. Um, do you want to plug anything other than Demon School? Oh, God, God. What don't I want to plug? Well, I stream on Twitch, twitch.com. No, twitch.tv slash the Jenna, <laughs> the underscore Jenna. I also have a video essay YouTube channel that we talked about on the stream um, that I believe is uh, youtube.com slash at the Jenna one word. Uh, or you can just find me on Twitter. I'm at the Jenna one word. Uh, I'm on Linktree. That might be the easiest, actually. It's just slash the Jenna. I'm either the Jenna or the underscore Jenna on every uh, platform that you could hope to find me on. Perfect. Uh, all of my secret accounts have different names, of course. But uh, you can find me there. Yeah, come hang out on a stream. Come watch my video essays. I've got a Patreon. That's got a URL as well. Yeah, sweet. There's going to be links below for all this stuff. Um, and yeah, we talked a little bit about Jenna. Like, it is a weird thing to be like, reintroducing Jenna. She's going to be helping us out. We don't know when, uh, <laughs> but at some point, uh, preferably in the second half of June, Jenna will be uh, jumping in and uh, keeping this whole thing running. Um, anybody else have something they're dying to plug? I got a new video out. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. Thank you. Thank you. And people can I find it. I go inside it. someone's computer like Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase. That's very good. Uh, YouTube.com slash Leo Vader? Yeah. Sweet. Maybe and, at Leo Vader now. I don't know if they changed that. I right? It's I, I, I can never remember the URL for my own video essay YouTube channel. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Uh, Kyle, Game Informer? Yeah, please uh, check out my Zelda Tears of the Kingdom stuff. Have uh, road review features. Uh, Charles Hart over there at Game Informer edited my video review. And Sweet. Did a great job. Uh proud of the tears of the kingdom coverage so please go check that out sweet love it uh thank you to everybody who has supported min max in the past will support us in the future thanks everybody who jumps in for the deepest dive on tears of the kingdom it's a nice time to celebrate the game together it's going to be better with a community so why not jump into ours it'll be a fun time or you can just unlock the podcast version and enjoy it on your own because it's going to be a fun discussion but thank you to everybody at the 50 dollars tier as well the game champion tier they can choose any game under the sun and be declared the champion of it ryan mcginnis the champion of Hollow Knight, once and for all. Don't forget, I can't believe no one took Hollow Knight yet. That's Yeah, wow. That's going to be a contender for the big game championship poll we have. Uh, Andre Silva, sticking with Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud, he is the champion of it. Don't you doubt it. Steve B is the champion of Warhawk. 
I love that. Unclear of PS1 right. or PS3, but we love it. Joshua Ayers is the champion of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed, the DLC that Kelsey Lewin says uh, changed her life and was a religious epiphany and is the best piece of DLC she's ever experienced. Uh, so good I, I got another there. friend who really swears by that DLC, too. Is that right? I'll be damned. They're out there. All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Jenna, once again, thank you. All right, we'll see you in the future, Jenna, for weird times. Be good, have fun, let's go, everybody! Everybody!